What's your walk-up song? It depends. It really does depends depend. on what you're walking into. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it depends on what I've used consistently is um, Eminem. Okay. So if you have one shot, one opportunity, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. And sometimes it's just the instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is is fit, some of Dr. Dre's beats, man. Mm. Like instrumental yeah. only. Yep. I actually used that for the concert we did when um, for the oh. Blacker Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I, I remember I that. That was two, legit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I uh, John and I just talked about a... He's like, well, let's just use instrumental, and then I'll just have you do your thing. Give me your microphone, and, and you just go. I'm like, I like it. Let's just let's just do it. Yeah. Just like walking on stage for a presentation. I was well, just a hype. A big- I was just a hype guy. I love being a hype guy. Like it wasn't even they, they weren't there to see me. I just get to like jack everybody up to yeah. see this group. And both of them said, like, man, this was like one of our favorite concerts, just because of the venue and the yeah. excitement and everything. So it was cool to be a part. It was, of that. It was a good time. That, that was, was okay. I was sorry. having a good time. Do your time. intro, bro. No, no, oh. we, we're already recording. Oh, I yeah. thought you were. Gonna, okay. No, he's Nindra. gonna. This is this is this is just <laughs> what we do. Just get used to it, man. <laughs> just have fucking the free random. Intro. Oh, it's random it. yeah. here. It's I random. I love it. I love it. Do it. Recorder, you like that? Huh? You like, yeah, you like that? That's chaotic. It's like so, my life. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, you know the funny. artist behind that tune. Uh, I'm gonna go Kyle Crosby. Yeah, Kyle buddy. Crosby, yeah. buddy. I still have my recorder from middle school. Oh my god. <laughs> or fifth grade. That's not even yeah, middle, middle school. school. It's like, yeah, my daughter learning to play clarinet, and I just gotta like, I put my Beats headphones on when she's. <laughs> yeah, I love you. I want to support you, but yeah. oh my god, it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, dude, it's. Yeah. Well, we, so one of our one of our first episodes was like about the recorder, and we just talked about why the fuck would they pick that, <laughs> like as the as the instrument that they give every fucking kid when they go to school is a recorder. Yeah. It's like because they want to just like make people like hate miserable <laughs> music. Everything. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. You watch Big Bang Theory? Yeah. You know the one with Sheldon where he's done it, and he's doo, doo, doo. I haven't seen that where one. He's like a little robot in the car where he wanted to like transport himself into like uh, an AI so that he could live longer. And Leonard's driving and he's I think sitting I have there seen playing actually, the recorder yeah. and it's just like, he wants me to rip your face off. Yeah. 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 There's there's nothing like the sound of, of a no, recorder. Uh, yeah. No, like, it can never sound good. Especially no. when it's played really shitty. It's just right. like, okay. Is it has to be your kid? Yeah, like there's a, there's a, that's the only way you're gonna allow it. And headphones, and yeah, like and, you need headphones yeah, immediately for yeah. sure. So yeah, we um we we recorded that, and then Kyle's like, oh, I'm gonna have to bring that in. So then he he set up the intro. That was the intro. To every then. song. Yeah, yeah. There are to every podcast. You yeah, intro that's, with that. that is our podcast intro. Right? Fucking yeah. beautiful. Every dude. single one. Until Love you it. listen to it seventy times, and you're like, <laughs> that's the last. Still beautiful. funny. Still well, that's, funny. That's why we end up like talking through it half the time. Yeah, we don't even listen to it anymore. We just keep talking. <laughs> show it. I mean, I had to like, I, you know, I needed, I needed to live that moment. It was, yeah, yeah, for really guests, it's a good first experience. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. so so we generally, uh, you know, have a, a standard. Everybody has to listen to at least ten podcasts before they come on. So <laughs> I know how you busy you are. Better though, so. hand me some headphones. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm hey, fucking with you a little bit. If it helps, I got you a new listener tonight. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. I'm Who's not going to mention names, but like somebody at the gym, we were chatting, and and she was like, "Man, we're you know, what do you do?" She's a social worker, and we're just kind of chatting schedules and. So yeah, this and that. And she goes, am I taking, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to grab a workout. And she goes, when do you start? Do you go on home? I said, oh, I got a podcast. Who's podcast? And she knew who you were. She's like, I love podcasts. What's his podcast oh, name? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know right now. I said, <laughs> but he's right. here. Go find him. Go ask him. And you were, I think you were in the bathroom. At that oh, point. okay. 
So no, but it, I got you a listener. If she'll listen to this episode and then yeah. she'll listen to one more and I'm like, eh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, generally, with, when, when someone finds out we have a podcast and they're like, oh, I want to listen to that. And it's like, hmm, how much do I respect this person? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. well, I mean, I'm hoping that we discuss your balls at some point. Well, well, I mean, uh, I heard we will that 100% discuss my balls. At some point, we're discussing your yeah. balls. Oh, I got some news for balls, too. Oh, oh nice. You can't just lead in the that news for balls. It. I like, got a new tool. A Brio. Is this the Manscaper? It's like a Manscaper, okay. but it's not the lawn mower. It's, sure. It's a Brio brand. Is that like the, is that like the, the generic lawn mower? No, man, it's better. It's better. Oh, it's <laughs> like the, the, the premium lawn mower. Because it has adjustments, so I can go from one millimeter down to 1.9 without putting a guard on. It's oh, super legit. You fuck really? around and get too short. You, one, you fuck around yeah, you get one really, millimeter. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. You don't want to look like a fucking 12-year-old. You want to make sure that you're not going too far. I've done it. It's not a pretty thing, man. care about the pair. It's the pinch. Have you ever pinched? Oh, where fuck. you gotta fucking cut some yeah, yeah. skin? You oh, that's check your worst. life choices oh, real quick, fuck. real fast. Yep. Like, oh my god, I've never been so scared. <laughs> no, yeah, it's uh, it's that's a painful too, scary and painful. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. amazing how yeah. you gotta. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's an art, really. You gotta you gotta work. All it, it, I mean, you're you're every man is his own artist at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you got your own fucking canvas, so you gotta <laughs> you have creative I license like to canvas. do what you want. Yeah. I like a blank canvas. Yeah, yeah. see, there you go. Yeah, well, you're rocking the new pair, right? No, no, not right now. I'm not. Oh. Okay, so uh, our, our, we have. <laughs> he grabs his buzz. No, I'm, uh, he's like, no, wait a minute. No, no, let, me, let me double check. No. So we have our, our, our official, unofficial sponsor is Saks Underwear. I don't know if you've ever worn Saks before. I've heard lots about it uh, from you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the, the, the patented you. ballpark pouch. Got it. And the. The fucking cradling action is really amazing, and it yeah. separates everything, so you don't get that chafing, no rubbing, no extra sure. sweating. It's really, really nice. And so I've been rocking like the standard, their boxer briefs, okay, and I've been doing those for over a year now, and they've been really it's great. Well over a year, well over a year, not the same pairs for well over a year. <laughs> I like, like I, that you know how long he's been wearing this. Well, he introduced me to okay, them, and I've been right. rocking right. for a so year. That's so yeah, that's fair. So then I they they got like a, a shorter version called a trunk, which is like a um. It's like goes from a seven inch to like a five inch, okay. which is which is like nice because when I'm when I'm working, they, the the longer versions tend to roll up my thigh a little bit, and it's annoying because I got work pants on and they just it's it's a it's sure. a problem. Yeah, yeah. So then I'm standing there and I'm fucking jacking the legs down and everything. Yeah. And so they came out with a brief, and so I'm like, ah, oh, fucking, I gotta try that brief. The brief is nice. Mm. I like it. I like it. I, I wore it when I was working out tonight. No rollage on the legs. Everything was nice and tight, cradled right where I needed to be. Good breathability. It's an I'm, important thing I'm, with a workout, man. It really it's is. A very important thing. Yeah. So I'm I, a Calvin Klein guy. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah like, are you, are you yeah. boxer brief? Brief? What's your, what's your jam? It depends. I, I, anytime, <laughs> anytime we're talking about this, all I can think about is I was like 12, and I remember my grandmother, because I used to walk around the house in boxers all the time. And, you know, back in the day, like, everybody wore tidy whities and I was wearing mm -hmm. boxers. We all wear boxers and baggy clothes. And my grandmother's like, Brandon, you got to wear, that's, that's not safe. And I'm like, what do you mean that's safe? I'm 10, 11 at this point, maybe max. She goes, you keep wearing those baggy underwear, your tallywhacker's going to hang down to your knees. And I, <laughs> and I looked at her and like, I said, and that's what a is problem the why? downside of this argument, <laughs> grandmother? What? Mama, what's the problem here? That's all I can think about anytime we talk about underwear and, like, how it cradles. It's yeah. the first thing that comes into my mind. Yeah. 20 years ago. God, oh, if I had known that, ago. I'd have been wearing boxers my no whole life. Shit. Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just wow. not, a, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a, I don't like too much compression, but I need enough that it doesn't move around too much actually creates restriction. And I'm just not, it's, yeah. then it like fucks with me. And I don't like the, yeah, the pant roll up. I don't like it when it, 
jacks up on me, but mm. I wear loose baggy clothes. And if you ask anybody that works with me, or have you been to the gym, my ass is normally around my, my pants are normally around my ass. I just wear how I wear my pants. Yeah. So mm. it's Sagging important a little that bit. I don't have holes in my underwear, right? Like For sure. Just, that's, that's a number one. There's a level of professionalism. Yep. Yes, you see my underwear, but yeah, hopefully it's not holy. They're not holy. It's not yeah. holy. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you to tell me they came out with like the... The fucking uh, the elephant trunk ones, or something oh. like. <laughs> There's no leg roll up at all, man. All it is is a cradle. It's perfect. No, no, I, I, I don't. <laughs> so I've I've worn a G string once in my life, and I can't do it. There's no fucking way. It's just like I don't know how. Wait, you wear- wore a G string? Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, do you? I didn't. We've never discussed this. No. Oh fuck. So, <laughs> do you remember that uh, uh, the male beauty pageant thing that we did for? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when um. There, there was a moment that Karen and I came up with where like I was supposed to come out and tell her that I, I couldn't find my shorts, like someone stole my shorts for the swimsuit part, right? And so, and so I had to come out and not wearing anything but a towel. So I went to fucking Hot Topic or whatever it was, and, and I, I found this G-string that says Home of the Whopper across the front oh of it. Oh, my God. So when I come out of the, of the fucking dressing room, and the, there's a whole audience full of people, and I'm walking by them in my towel, and I walk up, and, of course, she's got the mic right by her face. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, she goes, where's your swimsuit? I'm like, somebody fucking took my swimsuit. I don't know where it is. And she's like, what? She goes, nah. And so then I, of course, pull my towel open right towards her and oh my, my, my back to the audience. God. And she's got these big googly eyes she on her face. She loses it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then so she, she fucking, she, she looks at the audience and she gives him a wink. I put my towel back on and, and she's just like, she's like, I can confirm he does not have swimming trunks. <laughs> can, I can confirm. Yeah. So, uh-uh. so then it nope, was, it was, a, it was a G string and no. oh, fucking right up the ass. No, it's like, dude, no man, there's like, I, there are people that do that. Though. Yeah. On a consistent. Mm. I, Remember the Borat? Oh uh, yeah. Costume? yeah. Oh, so the the trainers, fucking, trainers bought me that. I have it. I own no. it. I own it. <laughs> put it on one time for shits and giggles that's it amazing. lasts about 10 seconds shits and gigs yeah shits, and, shits gigs. and gigs that's the that's the title of that photo shits and gigs shits right and gigs. there it was interesting you, i'm assuming were you like with audience or just no, check, checking it out just checking it out i was gonna put it on one time just to tell them i did it they oh thought sure it was yeah. hilarious yeah. that they bought it for me and yeah. i mean i'd show up into the gym one day just to be funny about it but no it i just don't yeah it uh-uh. would it would be funny if you showed up because they know what it is with shorts on and then had some fucking <laughs> hairy it. chest glued yeah. on underneath. Like, yeah. so you look like Bart. That would be legit. That would oh be my awesome. God. That'd be a funny ass Halloween costume. Yeah. If, you could, if you could make that costume where the bottom actually wasn't like the actual, the you know, yeah. the bottom, you know, it, yeah. that would be amazing. Because mm-hmm. then you wouldn't have to walk around like that. Oh God. I couldn't do it. It's not, no, not it's just it, awkward. It, no, it's not even, I don't care what people, you can look at me all you want. It's the, I don't like how that feels. It just feels just unnatural as hell. Yeah, well, get I just, out yeah. Of me. yeah, I mean, why, what's the point? Like, you look at, like, French guys, they, got, they wear Speedos all the time, and yeah. they're tight as fuck. Yeah. And it's just, like, just covering the is, this, is this statement? Is, is there a reason? Like, is there, is it, it's not aerodynamics. I mean, what the, they're not even <laughs> no. swimming. They're just, like, sitting the on the beach. It's the freedom. It's they got it a little is, airflow. Yeah. yeah. Airflow. Like, like, air, feel the breeze. Some airflow through ass. the cheeks. A little yeah. amount yeah. of clothing as possible. Yeah. 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 So, like, it's like the absolute minimal next to a nudie beach. It's like the absolute minimal you have to do. Yeah. So I'm such a hairy motherfucker. Like my ass is, my ass is hairy as, as all get out. And so like, I would have like, I would have to shave my ass. I think if I was going to be dressed like yeah. that, going yeah. to the beach, I would oh, have, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, I don't it's, think they care down there. They just let it fly, dude. Oh, yeah. oh no. Down there. Just, they don't care. Yeah. No, I You ever been to a new beach? No. It's normally, you know, the two teenage boys that thought they were going to see a bunch <laughs> of, of boobies and 
And then there's like 90 old men and a couple of women that you, you know, you don't want to unsee. Wait, is this Merrimack? And where, where did you? Yeah. Yeah. This is in Florida. Oh, in Florida. This okay. is in Florida. Yeah. Off Sanibel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 well, there's the Merrimack nude beach. I think they shut they, it down. They shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But that Kyle, was. Kyle was all I know. Kyle was like, yeah. 2019 COVID yeah. killed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two years, six, six months. I showed up. I showed up and then the PD showed up afterwards. Oh, yeah. The Pope showed up. We got to. Which. We have a problem. Oh, some shit. kayakers dialed nine one one when they were going down. That was like the issue, right? Is that so many people canoe and kayak that river, and nobody wanted to go by that beach. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like I get I can, it. Yeah, I, I understand. I would. I mean, you're out with like your kids, like yeah, your, your, no. your nine year old, and, and it's just like just don't look over there. And it's just like like they're not gonna like, look. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh huh. Uh-huh. The last thing you're gonna do is tell them to not look, and then them not look. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna happen. So hey everyone. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yo, Mike, who the fuck are we talking with? We're talking to the man, the I one know. and only, Brandon Green. Does everybody know Brandon Green? Our, our, our brand new listener knows Brandon Green. Yeah, Brandon. I mean, she does. Yeah, yeah. we just met tonight. It's the first time I met her. Oh, it's the first time you <laughs> met her, too? the first time I met her, too. Okay. Mm. Yeah. She and was, the first thing I did was in, introduce her to your podcast. I just want you to know that. Oh, my oh, God. She, you just this lost is, a member. Yeah, <laughs> you, if, I, if that was a two-week trial, know. it's over. Just she a, is a social worker, and she is super cool. She's our type of people. Right I can on. tell. Just have to talk to you. Is she from Baraboo? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, yep. there's there's a chance. Maybe we'll get four listeners now. <laughs> I, I hope True. you I hope you didn't think you were coming on a popular podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you can say whatever you want, because this is like the equivalent of a tree falling in the woods. I, hears it. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's just for real, man. Brandon real motherfucking real. green. Yeah. So. The icon. Shit. <laughs> Shit. The man. Ow. Owner of Pulse Fitness. Huge community supporter in all aspects. It's my community. Yeah, baby. You're supposed to, right? Isn't that what you're yeah. supposed to do? That's what you keep telling what was me. I, what so. was I telling those kids today? No, I'm nothing special because I think, and I appreciate it, I love you both, but all the accolades that I get, like I like to consistently remind people I'm nothing special because as soon as I get put up on a pedestal, it gives them an excuse not to make an impact in their own communities, whatever, wherever and wherever, whether it's here, whether it's elsewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's to put people that make an impact and make a difference on another level is just a way to almost, and that's horrible. That sounds wrong, but it's just reality, man. Yeah. It gives people an excuse to not do what they do. Like Ike does things out of the love of his heart. Your entire career is based on helping people, Kyle, right? Ike does things because they're the right thing to do. And he wants to help somebody. And he does that because he chooses to do that. Right. So, but we're the abnormal, we're, we're the abnormal ones because we choose that path. Right. That's kind of yeah. the problem. So do you feel like when, when, when you put somebody on a pedestal like that, I guess what I'm picking up on is that you feel like, okay, they've got it. Like, like I really don't need to. It's do it not even they're... like that. It's like, you know, even, you know, oh, well, you know, he's a freak. He exercises all the time. You know, that's, that's just, no, like I don't enjoy working out all the time. I, I work out all the time to stay mentally more than anything healthy. Right. Right. That is, that is my pill that I take to stay stable, to not off myself. It's, it's, uh. That is my mental clarity, right? And yeah, so it's a, it's a way to, it's a way, so, and if I'm hearing you right now, it's a way to, for, the, for somebody to separate themselves from you to like say they can do it because they're them. Right, you know? and that's, it's yeah. a reason why they're enabling why they can't, right? right? Yeah. Well, yeah. people can do what I do. Sure. It's, it's not, that's why I say I'm nothing, that's what's the, what's the quote, I'm nothing special. Yeah. Because it just, it's one less reason to, to tell yourself why you can't go out and, ch- you know, chase your dreams. One of the things, like, I, I live my life, man, I, I live all in. Full blast, nonstop, 110 miles an hour, good and bad. 
right? But that's yeah. that's an active choice, and anybody can make that choice. You know, people, oh, you're a business owner. You get it like, oh, it must be nice owning a business. They think we have nothing but time and extra money. And it's <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah, no absolutely. time and yeah. less money, right? Yeah. But I made a decision and it's, you can make that decision. Nobody's stopping you, you know, follow your passion, follow your dream and the money will be there. Like you can have enough to raise a family and do whatever. If you want to do more, do more. Yeah. Right. And it can all go away. You know, that's the, that's, that's the whole part of it. That, that, you know, it's something I've been sitting with a lot lately is that, you know, um, owning a business is one thing, but if you want to really be successful, you got to be willing to risk it all. Mm -hmm. You got to be willing to put it on the line. And if it all goes away, know in your heart that you can get it back. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and that's something that for me is, has been a, a real lesson for me recently, just trying to try to really embrace that, that, that prospect of like, I, I'm here to do this. I'm making money that I'm making right now. That doesn't mean I have it next week or I have it next year, but I'm going to use it right now. Like mm -hmm. I'm, like I'm not going to have it or like I am going to have it. I just got to, I got to give it everything I can. And if there's an opportunity for me to do better, even if it's a little risky, I'm going to take it because if I don't take the shot, then I'll never know. You know, there's that Winston Churchill quote or, uh, passage that we read for the guys group sometimes called the man in the arena. Have you heard that? I have. I fucking love that yeah, so much, one. you know, and it's just like, I want to live up to that. I don't always, right. you know, it's like, oftentimes I, I feel like I, I fail to, to reach that height, but it's, I, it's something I strive for, mm -hmm. you know, and as a business owner, you kind of have to, because if you sit back on your laurels, that's when, that's when shit goes bad. That's when things get stagnant. Mm -hmm. And that's, then you don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what stuck. that fear is, though? I think that fear, and it's something I, I have to fight myself on all the time. Is, have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. You know, that's, I think for a lot of business owners, that's a very real thing. Like, I got lucky getting here, right? Not knowing or not even believing that it can continue tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. I think COVID put a lot of business owners in that, that fear realm, and they really had to analyze, like, why do I do this? You know, and mm -hmm. I, I think for those people that really know why they do what they do, the money is just a byproduct. I'm not saying I mean, make money. That's fine. I, I never forget my economics. Uh, one of my freshman year, my economics professor says the goal of any business that will ever succeed in this world ever is profit maximization. That's it. Period. The end. I don't care about all the good hearted stories and all that. Your business will fail if you do not focus on profit maximization. And man, I just, I chose not to believe that. Right? I'm with, I'm with you. Like on that. that's, and you know, I think you can, I, fuck it. I've disproved it. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's not our goal. It's like, you can make enough money. I mean, I got 10 full-time employees that they feed their children yep. off what I do. It's like you do, you put pressure on yourself or your employees and just like, it's not your business, but you run it. You have employees that depend on you. Right. And I think that is a driving force when you truly know why you do what you do and you care about what you do. That is the reason you won't fail. You, yeah. you can't. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you're, oh my God, your kids are stuck in a burning house and people get this freak strength to knock walls down and pull the, right that, you know, I think business owners find that too, when they're, when they're in it for the right reasons. Well, yeah, because like you said, their people are counting on you, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, if it's just yourself, you know, you look at these guys who are venture capitalists or, um, you know, just a one man show. It's, uh, it's different. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a different motivation and you can sit there and say, this is what I'm for. This is, I'm for maximizing profits. This is all I'm about. But as soon as you take someone else's livelihood under your wing, you know, that changes everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, they got to pay their mortgage. They got to put food on the table. You know, it's just like, I want them to live a better life than I do. I want them to succeed. I want them to feel like they are completely fulfilled. And the byproduct of that is, is that you don't lose employees. Yep. You know, it's like, they want to stick around because they're happy. They're they're You know, they know someone's there that's got their back. And even when, you know, when I first started my company, 
I couldn't offer shit to my employees. Right. You know, I was I was buying my tools at yard sales. Yeah, I get you know? it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and and I proved to them over time that that I will do anything I can to keep them, you know, and it's like, will I pay you more than what the going rate is? Yeah, I will, you know, because I want you to stick around because it makes me stronger. And I and like I just want to show the appreciation because if you lose people, you know this. It's like if you lose somebody, you gotta train a new person. You didn't just lose somebody, you know, it's like you lost months for right. somebody because to get someone else into the fold that's going to be able to do what that person was doing you know it costs so much more money to, yeah. than to just offer someone another dollar an hour you know there's just so many options so yeah it's um that's i mean that's that's leadership you're i mean you're a leader it's and here's i was actually just talking to Tadeel about this the other day i was like when did it become rare where a boss and or a leader actually cares about the people they do, like it, it blows my mind. And it, you know, some of the accolades that my, my business gets and my team gets and that I get, and I'm like, when did this become abnormal to care about the people that work for you? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or that work with you, like to put their priorities maybe ahead of your, when did that become abnormal to where this person is, you know, leaps and bounds above everybody else where I have business owners and, and people in, successful positions 10 times higher than what my small business can do calling me for advice. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that blows. And it, and honestly, it pisses me off. Like, that's not like, why wouldn't you just take care of your people? Like you do like, why, why is that rare, rare now? <laughs> well, it blew I, my mind. I think when, when you've got large corporations that slowly eat away at the, at the small businesses, you know, the, the, if you, I bet you, if you went back to the 1950s and look, how many small businesses are where, how many mom and pop shops are work as compared to large corporations and major conglomerates, it was a stark difference to what you see right now. Yeah. And so the more often that uh, the bigger a company gets, the more it becomes about the bottom line. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're micromanaging, you know, instead of, instead of. They're numbers, they're not yeah. people. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, yeah, it's, it's numbers. It's a number game at that it point. Is. It's numbers. I'll yeah. attest to that for my wife. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I was working for Perry Judd's, um, when I first moved to Baraboo and out to Wisconsin, I worked for Perry Judd's. And it's still a large company, but, but Roger Perry used to still walk out on the floor and hand out everybody their paychecks. He had a whole satchel full of paychecks and he'd hand them out envelopes to every single person on the floor and he'd shake your hand. And then he got bought out by, um, by R. Donnelly. And as soon as that happened, the first thing they did is they eliminated 20% of the positions. And they said, you can do this job without these people. You know, it's going to take a little bit more energy but you can do it. And then they say, then you can do it better without these people. And then they say, you can do it better with, with less people and with an inferior product. And they just, everywhere they can cut a penny, they're going to cut a penny. And, and it generally starts with your labor force because they're the ones that are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I think in, in, my, in my mind, that's probably that, that shift is where we lost that, that idea of what a leader is as far as a business goes. Right. Because... When it was when a community was run by small businesses, can you imagine how tight knit yeah. the community is? I mean, look how many great small businesses we have here in Baraboo. Yeah. We have a ton, and the and the, our community bands together. Oh, they will support this community. Jumps out in droves for anything that's new that's opening to try to literally support it, even if they're not all that interested in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they will support it because they want to support Baraboo as a whole, which is amazing. I I love that. I love that about this community. It's very rare too to have communities that are that far all in on, on just small business as a whole. Yeah. I mean, the whole shop local thing, that's, I mean, that's a lot of communities that push that, man, this, this community 
bleeds it. It's just, it's awesome, awesome to watch. And if you've seen, it's become very attractive to others that want to live in communities like that. They want their kids brought up in communities like we're having the population boom that we are is we're seen as a very prominent community to live in when people's world was rocked and they had to really Mm. reassess their values. It was like, I mean, I remember when I first came to this place, I mean, I was vacationing here with my former wife and I'm like, this is fucking fake. There's no way this shit's (laughs) real. My in-laws, you know, were high school sweethearts and they still played cards with people they went to grade school with. I'm like, this shit ain't real. This is a movie set. Then I saw North Freedom. I'm like, oh my God, it's really not real. This is definitely, (laughs) I've never seen towns so small, right? And then I was like, I was like, they introduced to teachers and I was noticing different, different community people. And I'd grab a workout while we were in town and like people would come up and talk, like genuinely say, hey, how's it going? Where are you from? And it's not like a, what the fuck are you doing here? It's like, hey, where are you from? Yeah. I'd always get, <laughs> I'd always get where, to, you're not from around here, are you? I'd, like, do I have that written all over my face? But you're new in no, town. You're new in yeah. town. What do you lifting all those weights for? <laughs> okay. Are but, you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a very, it was a very unique feel. And, you know, with, with some crazy shit that happened in my life, I actually had a friend that, um, people asked me, like, what brought you to Barrywood? It was like, I think they were expecting some like, you know, heartfelt story. And it actually, one of my, one of my friends was executed, uh, about a mile from my house, uh, where, where Nikki and I were living and uh, she had been pushing on me to move up here for quite some time. We were vacationing up here and I really liked it, but I had a successful training business at that point and, and training everything. I had some, some professional athletes that I was training, some Red Sox some twins. I was working some high-end military operators and great, great training environment that I just fell in love with. I was like, this is it, man. I had done some over obesity stuff. I'd done some high-end performance stuff. And a guy that actually went to Ohio State, he was a couple years ahead of me when I was there, was living in Fort Myers and um, just got hooked up with the wrong crowd and steroids were involved. And he, um, he was getting very high grade steroids from somebody that was actually involved with the cartel. And uh, something happened on a phone tap where somebody flipped and the orders were given down. The guy came down and killed three people in one day and Ryan was one of them. Jesus. His daughter was about six months older than my daughter. Um, and we had just had Riley and I came home. Never forget, we were pumpkin, we were picking up pumpkin, like pumpkin picking for, for Halloween. And we were taking these pictures with Riley as a little baby and I'm just staring at her. And had the funeral, I think the day before and I'm sitting there watching that horrible slideshow and Came home and I looked at her. I said, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. Packed up, sold off everything. I did no business. I came up here and moved to my in-laws basement. I mean, I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I just said, fuck it. I'm not raising my child here. And there was, Fort Myers was going through a lot of crazy stuff at that point too with human trafficking and stuff. I was like, man, I escaped so much of this, you know, even moving from Columbus, I felt like I had gotten a second chance and I was just right back into, in it, just in a different way at this point. And um, it's actually what got me involved in the fire service too, because they, they executed him and then put a wet towel over his head, put a fire extinguisher next to him, set the house on fire to make it look like he died fighting the fire. And a cop friend that uh, knew something was off, thank God his wife and his daughter weren't home at the time. And I went rushing over there. He had called me, hey, you got to get down here. And so, yeah, it was the first time I had seen like a house fully engulfed on fire. And it was just, and knowing my friend was inside and just mm-hmm. kind of screwed me up. But uh, it's, literally, it's literally what brought me to Baraboo. I, mm-hmm. I just, and I moved into <clears throat> my in-law's basement and Nikki got a job in Madison at that point and was driving back and forth. And I stayed, I was a stay-at-home dad for like, Four months with my eight-year-old, my eight-month-old. It was great. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot. I was like, holy shit, I need to get back and start training. <laughs> I was like, give me, give me something. So then I started training a couple athletes in the area and, and met Andy, who's the owner of all the Anytimes, and had some mutual friends. And next thing I know, kind of ran up that ladder, and here we are today. So do you think wow. that um, if, if you weren't a father at that point, um, when that happened to your friend, do you think that you still would have been motivated to move? Nope. 
not a chance. Seen plenty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had multiple friends died, buried multiple friends. I had friends die in my arms. No, no, it was, it was definitely the, my daughter, having my daughter changed my life by like leaps and bounds. And so like, I truly felt a priority so far out of myself that uh, there, there was no options. I was no longer, and I, I don't want to say I was selfish, but like I would prioritize what I'd need at all times um, to make sure I had what I needed so I could do what I needed to do. And uh, once I had a child, I've never felt, um, I was like scared to have a second child, believe it or not. Like I had to go to my grandmother, my, my mamma, she's like the, you know, matriarch. I mean, just ran the family, right? Mm-hmm. Like she'd speak and everybody just shut up and listen. It was that type of woman. 19, uh, no, I'm sorry. 22 great grand and great grandkids when she passed away. Holy shit. That woman died better than I watched most people live. I was got to hold her hand as she went and it was just. How old was she? 96, 96, almost 97. Oh, wow. Yeah. And was like looking at me like, Hey, I'm ready to go. Like mm-hmm. get me up there. I'm, I'm good, Brandon. I was like, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. But I told her, I was like, I had Riley and then we were going to have a, a second child. And I was, I was like, Marimal, I'm terrified. She's like, why? And I was like, I don't know if I can love anything. I think I gave all my love. Away. My daughter's got everything. Like she's, she's my all man. That's, she's got every piece of my heart. I don't think I have any more room in my heart to love. It's like, I'm terrified. I'm going to be a bad dad with two kids. And she looked at me and laughed. She's like, Oh, you don't get it. Your heart just grows bigger. And I was like, it was so simple, but I mean, she's yeah. as usual. She was right on. Yeah. I think I had that same feeling. Did it's you? scary, isn't For it? Sure. Like one to two is a big, <clears throat> like after Lincoln, we were like, eh, I don't know. <sighs> Sam was ready for another child. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, really? He's like, I have a son. Yeah. yeah. What more right? do you fucking what, want? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I am fulfilled and I don't know if I can do another one. <laughs> How do I get more fulfilled? Yeah. Yeah, is there, there can't be more than this. That's, that's impossible. Yeah. And then Wes came along. Yeah. And more ways to fuck it up, right? Like the fear of being a parent of like, oh my God, I'm going to fuck so much shit up, right? Like you thought you knew fear yeah. before you had kids and then you're like, oh, this is what fear is. Yeah. See, I, I feel like I thought I knew what love was before I had kids. Oh, it's another. Yeah, man. Man. Like, right on. When my son was born, my first son, Connor. It was, uh, it wrecked me in a way that I've never experienced in my life. It was, um, like I couldn't fucking breathe. Yeah. I couldn't talk, you know? Um, when he was born, we, we thought we were going to lose him because he was stuck and, uh, labor was like 27 hours. Holy shit. And and we had him at home. Mm. It's a natural birth at home. No no epidural, no none yeah. of that. And uh, when he finally was born, he was blue, completely blue. And he wasn't breathing. And then uh, the midwife that was there, she's like, you need to talk to your baby, talk to your son. And so like, we're like rubbing his feet and talking to him. And my wife at the time, I, I don't know how she had, the, she had this calmness. And she was just like, hey, Connor, it's going to be all right. Come on. Come on out, you know. And I, I couldn't even speak. Yeah. I was like the, the amount of water that came out of my face. <laughs> was like, I was, <laughs> I, yeah, like I think I lost three pounds in like an hour. It was <laughs> fucking ridiculous how yeah. much I cried. And I was like, I, I couldn't even talk to him. And, and it was like, and then his little chest would sink and then it would expand. And then he'd just do nothing. And then it'd be a few beats and it'd sink. And then it would expand and then he'd do nothing. And then slowly you could see a little bit of pink, just a little bit. And then a little bit more and a little bit more. 
my uh, um, father-in-law at the time full-on fucking tipped over. He passed, passed out. out. Yep. So they, the, um, as soon as like, he came out and he was struggling to breathe, the midwife's like, all right, someone needs to call the EMTs right now. And so he heard that. <laughs> he went into the other room, just down the other end of the hall. And uh, the firefighters and EMTs, they showed up like, it was like, because we were just down the street, it was like two minutes. They showed up, they're banging on the door and they come in. And they, they turn the corner of the hallway and they, they see him laying on the fucking floor and they start running towards him. And everybody's <laughs> like, it. no, that just leave him one. alone. He's, He's fine. fine. Just the other way, other yeah, way. Right. So then by, and, and by that time, Connor was, he was crying and then he was, he was great. You know, but in that, in that moment, it was just like, if I lose him, I lose me. Yeah. That's what I felt like. I felt like if he, if I lose this one, like if he's gone, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, but I know I'm not going to be okay. Yeah. Like, that's what I felt like forever, For real. you know? And so then, yeah, like with, uh, with my second one, I don't know. I was just like, fucking bring it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really was. I was just like, I was More. like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. With the third one, I got a daughter on my third one. So I had two boys and a girl. And then I was totally fucking done. I was, I was just <laughs> like, that- well, yeah, because then it's like, you can't ask for more perfection. Yeah. Like, I got this beautiful little girl. Yeah. They, she's got two big brothers, big brothers that are going to beat the, the fuck out of anybody. You seen bad boys too? That's right. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was like, I'm like, this is a dad's dream. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, okay, I'm done. And I was only 28, 27. So I went to get snipped. And then he's like, yeah, you're 27. I'm like, uh-huh. And I got three kids. I'm good. Let's go. I'm not. There's no debate. I'm yeah, good. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I think, I think you need to wait. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. This is where I'm at. <laughs> and at the time, my wife at the time wanted me to wait too. And so I don't know if she like slipped him a hundred or what happened. <laughs> but he's like, he's Get like. him to wait. Just yes. pass him out and tell him it's done. <laughs> yeah. It was the, he, he made me wait 30 days. And in that 30 days, number four was on the way. Oh, yeah. yeah so that's how it works. Yeah. Normally? But, yeah. Nice. But he's, God's yeah. plan, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I think that was her plan. Oh, like her plan. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you knew where number four was conceived, you know it was her plan because that shit only happened once in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. She I knew exactly that. what she was doing. Was 100%. Out. Yeah. So. But wouldn't give him up for the world. Fuck. Man. No, such man. Such a different world no. with kids. I mean, yeah. Changes your perspective. Quick. Yeah. And, and can rock you. I, we, uh, we had to call 911 once for having, actually once for Riley too. And both times I was at the fire station and I remember Nikki's freaking out. So I finally gave her Kevin's number. So I was like, something goes wrong. And we were sitting in um, a training night and I got two calls from her and I'm like, that's something's up. I went running out. She's like, you need to get home right now. Evan's non-responsive. So um, we lived on second Avenue at the time. I was fucking home real fast and she picked him up out of the crib and he was completely limp. And I, I, couldn't, oh I couldn't even tell if he was breathing. And she's like, I think he had a seizure, but I don't know. And I was like, all right, so where's his, when is the last time your heart rate? When is that? She goes, don't fucking play a firefighter right now. We need to go. I, I can't think. Let's just, and I said, fuck it. Just put him in the truck. We're going, I'm driving now. Got him down to the um, ER, some awesome nurses that I, I knew, like just one of those things that worked out pretty well. And he had finally kind of come semi-responsive and uh, the nurses knew me and they're like, all right, just hold his arm. You know, I'm wearing bare fire shit at that point. And they're like, here, we're going to put an IV. I'm like, go get somebody. I cannot fucking help you at this point. I'm worthless. I am shaking. I am crying. Go get some. And one of the cops that saw me came over and just grabbed me and was just like trying to hold me while they're trying to talk to you. I was fucking losing it. And then I heard the doctor and the nurse comes over and he's like, we're going to uh, consider emergency open, open surgery. Uh, we're going to fly him. We're going to med flight him to SSM right, right now. 
And I mean, I'm my fucking, I've never, I have had multiple like close to death experiences in my life. Not, I could compound all of those and it wouldn't do a quarter of what that statement did to me Mm -hmm. where it almost, I mean, it almost broke me. I fell to my knees, man. I just collapsed. Thank God I had a a friend of mine, officer Brandon Ricotta, who's, who's, uh, he's up down in my, down in Milwaukee now, but he just kind of grabbed me and was just hanging on to me. And thank God the ER doctor at the time had did a raw search because he had had um, his poop. It looked like it had blood in it. So they thought he was internally bleeding Mm -hmm. and that he was bleeding out that they thought he was dying like right there did this raw search and found out that he'd had really bad ear infections. And they put him on this adult basically medication to try to fight these ear infections. And it, um, in rare cases, it will turn your poop blood red and your tear, like people, kids will cry and it'll look like blood coming out of their eyes. No Obviously, shit. There's been times where they will like open kids up because they think they're bleeding out. And thank, thank God this ER doctor had figured it out. It was the medication and they, treated him just for the evening and took him off the medication and thank God, no problem. Oh, nothing, wow. nothing wrong with Scared. I've never, Ooh. I don't think I've ever, no, I can guarantee you I've never been so scared yeah, just, in my life as, as what that did to me. Just you telling that story, I'm like, oh fuck, <sighs> I gotta call my wife and see if my kids are okay. <laughs> are they all okay? Are you sure? Did you check them breathing? I was that, I was that paranoid parent. Did you do the mirror? I, did you do the did mirror? You, did you check? Did you make sure? You know, I wanted to buy that thing. Every where night, move. Every night I come home from this podcast and every night I put them to bed when I like, you know, you go, before you go to bed, you walk in, you make oh, sure yeah. you're tucked in. I always, it's like a listen. Okay. Or it's a hand on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. <laughs> and the fears, no, no. You know, what's funny is the fears change. Cause you can attest to this. Like as they get older, it was the fears like, Oh my God, I want nothing to happen to them. Oh my God. I want nothing to happen. Oh my God. I don't want it to be something medical or like, you know, they're, they're so young. Even when they get a cold, you're like terrified. And I can't, I mean, even with COVID, you know, and like all, all that, I mean, you're just terrified. And then as they get older, the fears change and they become completely different yeah. fears yeah, than when they were young. You hiding right? a girl in your room. <laughs> <laughs> no, that my, was, no, that didn't, I was never really too afraid of that part. <laughs> no, my, my, my fear was like, you know, they're when they go out at night and like the first few times they want to stay out, like, to midnight or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like trying to explain to them nothing good ever happens after no, midnight. Like nothing, 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 you know, but they don't know that. Nope. You know, it's like, so there's like, they have to do it. And then, and then you hear about some kids getting in a car accident and there's fatalities and it's just like, oh my God. So then you're sitting there in the middle of the night, it's 1145 and you're fucking watching every second of the yep. clock go by and you're like, okay, wait for the fucking sound of the door. <laughs> wait for the sound of the door. Yeah. I have to check myself because of what I'm exposed to. Like, I think I'm overbearing sometimes on my kids because of what I've seen, right? Like what Mm -hmm. I, what, you know, it just, it takes one or two child or infant or even teenage fatalities to just, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just constantly paranoid, right? So like I, I feel, and I was, I was actually having a conversation with my best friend in Milwaukee, who's also, he's a a captain on a, on Milwaukee fire. And we're just like, all of our kids were together. We were just kind of chatting, walking down the street. And like our two boys are all both high energy and, they're like walking towards the street and we were just staring each other in the eyes, like no move, just grab them and just kind of pull them. And we didn't like skip the beat of conversation. We were just like, you know, moving them away from traffic as we, they continue to do their thing. And we have our conversation. And I mm-hmm. stopped for a minute. I was like, Jordan, do you ever think that what we do and what we've been exposed to would affect? And he goes, yes. Like I didn't even get, <laughs> get it out of my mouth. <laughs> yes, it does. I was like, in a good way or in a bad way? He goes, I don't know. It just affects us. I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's true. Well, yeah, it's like um, uh, my buddy who's a, a military guy Whenever we go somewhere, he he walks through the door and he stops mm-hmm. and he and he checks for all the exits. Yep. And he's like, "Okay, so I'm never gonna have my back to the room." Yeah, it drives uh, my girlfriend nuts. I won't sit. I have to see who's coming in and going out of a building. Yeah. And when we sit at a restaurant, I have to sit with my back 
to be able to see everything. Yeah, that's he's the exact same way. Control freak. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's like second nature. Yep. You know, and it's um he knows he does it mm-hmm. and he knows why he does it. He doesn't let it affect the fact that he doesn't like call himself a control freak or anything. It's just a matter of like he's like I have to because my paranoia if I don't then I can't you can't relax. Enjoy, yeah. Just, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. I just I yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, um he like he never pulls forward into a stall ever always backs into really? a stall and i do too yeah he i've won't. noticed you do i always do well i like it just because it's easier in and out yeah you know and then it's like i'm actually sometimes better backing into a stall than i am pulling forward into a stall <laughs> with my yeah, cameras truck. nowadays yeah i know it's pretty mirrors sick. and yeah stone bag fire truck and yeah, anything. for him it's like a thing where it's like if he needs to get out of someplace quickly yeah then he can you know it's like if you have to do a, a three-point turn it's going to take another 12 seconds or six seconds or whatever it is. And, and, but if you're going forward, you can just go, mm-hmm. you know, there's no stopping. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's just an interesting thing to, to have to live with that every single day. So now, you know, you know, you know what it's about. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. Hey, I was going to backtrack and say, uh, you're kind of talking about accolades and stuff. And in, in your talk this, this afternoon, you had mentioned getting yeah. rid of all the Okay, I should have stated the Boys and Girls Club Award will never leave the front office. Oh, that a boy. Okay, that's that good. I, uh, but no, me, I was- like from my heart, dude, and if you couldn't tell because I was fucking crying on stage, probably one of the most proud moments of my life because that, it's not even the award, it's who it came from, you know, and, and the fact that I was able to make an impact um, with my staff and that's why I forced them to go up there with me. I asked, I asked nicely twice and then I told stand up. That's uh, leadership. Made right them there. all go up there. <laughs> yep. Come on up with you guys. No, come on, come, come on, on guys. Go. No, 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 come on. No. Get, Get your up. asses up. <laughs> Literally going the conversation up there. went. Um, no, that, that award um, sits up in the front of our office and I'm, I proudly display that one. It's one that will never come down. Well, that's positive. Okay, you so. went, you went heartfelt and I was going to go tell Karen that went all over fucking shit. In the uh, in the admin office is gone. It's because I was inspired. <laughs> She's like, wait, do we have some awards yeah. against this wall and shit? Oh yeah, Kyle that threw those was out yesterday, Karen. What <laughs> yeah. are we going after tomorrow? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. right? Like, that's what are we going past, after, Karen? Yeah. it's in the past, what are, Karren. What are we going after? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just like. I mean, that's perfect. I, I look at the the history of of uh, the organizations and and what they've done financially and and people wise to the boys and girls club. And that's, you know, it always been an aspiration, a dream of mine, because I just, I, to me, I was completely caught off guard because I don't, I didn't feel at that point I had made the impact yet to be there. So having a deep heart set conversation with Karen, it, it set the record straight Yeah. afterwards. Cause I had no idea. Yeah. Neil had no, I mean, I literally, I was very rarely, am I completely caught off guard? I was just, I was shocked. Yeah, well, the we young man, you, the man. young man in class tonight is the, was one. the one that presented the award to me. And I, I know remember that. And uh, I remember that distinctly yeah. because he went off script. Oh, yeah. Heavy. Yeah. And he was, I like, was making jokes and shit. <laughs> he went off script. So heavy, like, Bro, this ain't your comedy show. You're not that funny. When, yeah. when, he, started, off the stage. when he started laughing at his own jokes, yeah. I was like, this is fucking gold, this man. Is, this I missed gold. the walk up because when I, or no. I missed the award after that because when he got over there, I'm like, next year when you give this award, I'm, you're gonna get a script. I said, you stay in that fucking script, <laughs> dude. It was it was, it was awesome was, though. It was so it was awesome. It he was, was he was like he was like once he got that first cheer, he's like, oh wait, yeah, this they is- love me. <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> it's a great feeling. It's the whole well, reason I speak. To, no. to be fair with Justin, like that kid is a genuinely just 
the the kid is so genuine and and honestly that's probably was the first time he had been in front of a group yeah i would unfortunately wager that that's the first time he probably got applause for oh, yeah. anything yeah. yeah or some praise for something glad to be a part of it um yeah you know all night because he was because he was busting tables and shit yeah, he was working mm-hmm. he, he, was his ass his off. Ass. he was sweating he was yeah. getting after it and every time he walked by he's like can i get anything for you yeah, the same thing does you know and i'm yeah. just like every time i'm saying like dude you're fucking crushing it yeah thank you so keep much going. for the effort you're giving yeah keep, that's keep it up there's something about that gala every year so it, in none of the other sites we have our teens so involved right in in bearable we do coat check we do busing we do fucking speeches uh this last year they did dishwashing for crying out loud yeah in none of the other clubs toma or reedsburg you know they give speeches but that's it, it like that's yeah. their role there's like there's one kid who gives a speech and then and that's it and every year Baraboo comes along and I look at the group and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a fucking disaster. <laughs> oh, shit. But there's something about the night where every year they fucking rise to the occasion. I don't know if it's the feels around the event. I don't know if it's just what it is, but it's like they feel the significance. They feel the energy. And every year they fucking rise to the occasion and they just give it everything they got. You, you know, when, when I was a kid, um, I always thought I was a fuck up. You know, I, I think like, and I, I always feel like I fucked everything up. Everything I touched, I broke, you know, it was like, I was always called a bull in China shop, all that shit that you tell a kid when, you know, whatever that they told me. And, uh, and like, if someone gave me an opportunity to like be more, that was the greatest feeling I ever had. Like somebody trusts me with something like, that's so fucking amazing. Like, that's the last thing I want to do is fail at that. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't fucking care if I failed on my math test, mm-hmm. you know. But if somebody who I looked up to gave me an opportunity to be more, holy fuck. You want to let them down? Yeah. Yep. It was like, they were, it was, that was my one solitary focus. And it was like the greatest feeling, you know. So I think the fact that, you do enlist these kids. The fact that you do give them an opportunity to fail makes them rise to the occasion. You know, e- even at Kocheck, you know, like they're professional and they're laughing and giggling and shit, but they're still taking care of shit. You know, it's mm-hmm. getting it done every single time. Wasn't like that first year. <laughs> well, <laughs> that first year, oh, had, there were a couple bumps the first well, year. A couple. <laughs> a couple. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I felt, I honestly... When I got up there, I fucking, I felt disappointed. I felt like I let everybody down. I, was, I couldn't even talk. This is rare. Like, I don't, I don't get in front of, I'll get on a stage with a thousand people and mm. not skip a beat. I, I had really fucked. I felt like I, I was like, oh my God, I had such an opportunity. Because to me, that's like I've said, that's the who's who of Baraboo. And like, if I can inspire these people and, and just say the right thing to really make them make an impact, not just today at the gala, but like all year long, dedicate mm-hmm. your time, dedicate your money, dedicate your resources, just help the future generations of this community to grow. Like what I've, I've always wanted to, you know, like I, I believe in it sounds weird, but like even what I do at Pulse, man, we're, we're attacking generational diseases. People that have struggled with obesity or diabetes their entire life or people that come from unhealthy family environments and have unhealthy mental health. They're trying to get mentally healthy at the gym. Like we, you know, we, we're attacking something generational and I'm like, all right, here's the who's who of Baraboo. These are the guys that are the decision makers. They literally run this community, right? Most of the business owners and some of the execs and and I got up there and I'm like, because I couldn't fucking say nah, anything. Nah, you were good, man. man. But then, <clears throat> then I realized like, 
they got to see a real fucking response. Like yeah. I was yeah. caught completely off guard. I was completely yeah. emotional. And, and one of the things I didn't, I didn't really share. Um, we were driving up. My, my girlfriend was we were driving. She's like, you're really quiet. Is everything all right? And I, I just looked at my phone and, Driving out in the snowstorm, I was like a blizzard. Yeah. You can't see shit, so I'm driving. Fucking Havana nights, so, right? Havana, Havana nights and fucking, <laughs> fucking, fucking Mount Everest blizzard. It's like this is great. So I'm driving and I I can't really see, but I got really quiet the whole way. She's like, Are "You you all right?" She's like, "You nervous driving?" I said, "No, I'm fine." She's like, "What's going on?" And I I looked at the phone, and 15 years ago to that date, I walked out of prison with 22 dollars in my pocket. Oh shit! That day, and I almost on stage said that because i don't think a lot of people in this community really i like i said like putting on a pedestal i don't think a lot of people i love the accolades my business gets as a whole i struggled early with some of those accolades myself and that's actually a weakness to not be able to accept compliments mm -hmm. and i really had to work on that because i didn't feel i was worth them yeah you know i was it was a big like i did not feel i was worth some of the accolades that i had received and that imposter syndrome set in and they don't know your true past and you wouldn't be standing here if they all knew what kind of a fuck up you really were because you, know, you thought you were a fuck up i was a fuck up like i i had chosen a lot of the horrible things that i'd done in my life and um i as i was up there i was like it almost came out and it, I'm, it's not something i hide anymore it's not something i want to blab i mean you know it's the past is the past just like the awards so are the failures, right? Mm -hmm. We learn from them. And honestly, I probably focus more on those than I do on some of the other things. But I was like, man, if this, if this community knew, you know, I, I think they'd stop putting me up on a pedestal. And early I was very was fearful of that because I'd feel like God had given me a fresh start up here. I could raise a beautiful family and I was doing what I felt I was called to do. And, and I got to do it with these amazing people that were my friends and I got to make impact and all this stuff. And so it was like, I wanted to just like pretend like it wasn't there. But now I, I more use it to show people like, fuck that. Like we all come from shit, man. We've all been through shit. You can overcome it if you choose to. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what I really wanted to say up there. And it, I think it was part of the reason I got caught up because that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I was a pussy and I didn't say it. You no, know? you were, just, you were uh, dude, you're, you're vulnerable. You were super vulnerable. So, I've seen like, you. I was. You've spoken on behalf of the club twice. Well, that was an award speech, obviously, but I've also watched you talk at the county board meeting. Yeah. I was you, for real, you were for real very too. vulnerable both I, times. That was, right? you know, that was another one where, you know, having a, a childhood that, uh, you know, we, we, say, we call it a percentage and you can use it to, to say it enables your actions of being a, a standout or anything. I, you know, was unfortunately raised in a home uh, living about 15 feet from a child molester for over eight years. And my mom was trying, she's trying her best to get me out of the environment we were in early and had remarried and didn't really know uh, this was an uncle of the family and, you know, I've, I caught part of the bad part. My stepbrother caught the worst part of it. And, um, you know, I, it was one of those things that it was like, it was an organization like the club that allowed me to at least have what I felt was a safe place. So yeah. anything I can mm -hmm. ever do to continue to create that for kids, I will. And it's again, another thing that I'm, I'm more comfortable in sharing now because I think I've gotten over, he's fucking got over myself for a minute, you yeah. know? And I just want to say, I know you, you had said if, if half the people knew your past, you wouldn't be up on a pedestal. I disagree, actually, because I think all it shows is a resiliency and an ability to learn and ability, an ability to, uh, to overcome. And, and just it emphasizes the personality to, regardless of what the fuck has happened, yeah. you knew what you wanted and you knew what kind of person you wanted to be in. And I think you are that. So I appreciate that. Well, I mean, and that's honestly, like, that's what I want people to see. Like, 
you can you you can use it like okay like i get it we've all i mean i have so much drama in my life and and this is what holds me back is i went like okay well we all have fucking trauma one way or another we've all been through trauma you got two choices you can let it debilitate you or you can you can use it and grow from it you know yes that can start from anger and you got to go through the process and everybody's trauma is just a little bit different but dealing with it can really be the same right and you can come from something that's extremely broken and horrible and make make something out of it right like that's See, we've got a bad habit in our society of taking people who have been through trauma and then setting them aside and making them like this 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 shining thing over here then they can sit in that trauma and they can use that trauma as as an excuse and and, it, and it's like okay yeah. well i've been through these bad things so then that's why i'm fucked up and it's right. just like i think being put on a pedestal and and then and then being set aside because you've been through a traumatic event of the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, we've all been through shit and yes, your shit's different than my shit and his shit's different than your shit. But at the end of the day, we still have to fucking show up, Yeah. you know? And so it's like, if we're, if we're doing that to people, if we take these kids and say, Oh my God, I can't believe what you've been through. That must be so horrible. We're emphasizing their, their pain and their loss and their, and their reason for, for failure versus versus empathizing and like i can see you're hurting i know you've been through some horrible things like and then just listening right yeah and then but i fuck i get it man like i, I felt it oh god early impulse man we i'd have people be like you're you know your your training in this place has changed my life and i would hear that and immediately in my brain it would turn to you're a fuck up this isn't gonna make it it's not real you didn't really make an impact in that person's life immediately like i'd, I'd feel it in my brain mm-hmm. as soon as somebody would say something life altering or life changing, right? It would just, I would immediately unvalidate it in my brain and in a way of like trying to empower some of the problems that I've had in life, right? Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. because you, you don't want to believe that part because then you got to really buy into it. Okay, now I'm in a place that people are counting on me to make an impact and I can't fuck up. Yeah. You know, and, and my team, like I need to continue to make sure they have what they need so they can continue to do what they do. I was just joking around with them the other day. We had somebody that sent us an email that was, life altering. And we don't share too much of that detail, but it was amazing. And I had sent it to everybody and everybody's like, wow, this is crazy. And I'm like, you guys, do you even realize that like this has become almost ordinary to you, that you're a part of something that literally changes somebody's life. And it happens on, on, on a daily or on the weekly. Like you've created an environment where people feel safe. Mm-hmm. You create an environment where people have gone from where they feel they're completely broken to able to try new things in life. Like, how do you put a value? And to them, it's just like normal now. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want that to be normal because I think some of my trainers are still deal. Like when they hear these amazing stories, they immediately go back because I know I did and in my brain and just like, let me find everything that's fucked up with me right. and that I've done wrong to unvalidate this thing that we've done that's great. Well, because if, 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 uh, if I start to believe I start to believe the stories, well, then I'm going to have to hold myself to that standard. And you can't use that. No. Yeah, you no, can't you use can't. that trauma anymore. Yeah, you, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to let go of that if Scary I start to thought. believe that. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, damn it, that's been my fucking crutch for too many yeah, years. Yeah, like, what am I supposed go. to do? You I know? don't want to let go. It's like, when I do fuck up, what am I supposed to, bl- who, who do I blame then, you right? know? Yeah. Can't blame my dad anymore nope. because it's like, God damn, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a scary fucking place to be. Yeah. It's a super scary place to be. You know, it makes me like when you were talking about when you're standing up there and you couldn't talk. Um, those people need to hear that. Yeah. You know, the people that are that are there, they they need to hear that more than they need to hear you say, You need to donate, you need to do this, you need, because they can see why. Right. You know, they see the why. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that today in the club with the guys. You have to have a why, right? Mm-hmm. And and when you can see 
that their contribution gives gives way to to you being a part of this process and sharing with them and these young kids what can be well that's the best fucking why that anybody could have because you can have the perfect speech you can have the person that's up there that's going to give everything just the way it's supposed to be delivered but who who grows from that right you know who grows without pain who grows without suffering we talked about that when you and i sat down before we had our, our meeting at the club you know the the suffering is is so paramount to growth you know so those those people in that audience like it might make them uncomfortable it yeah. might make them have to see something that they don't want to see mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it feeds them yeah it does. you know and uh and so for you to stand up there and be vulnerable like that there's nothing more powerful and that's i mean i was literally pretty much the speech karen gave me the next day when i said i'm sorry i think i fucked up up there man i just i couldn't even talk and that was an opportunity and she said the same thing and it it is i i think and even my own means i have i find myself you know i i never want to i want to stay comfortable in the uncomfortable and I, I think a lot of our society a lot of our culture seeks comfort at all times. And I'm not saying comfort's not, about, I mean, a roof over your, I mean, there's, there's certain needs that we need to meet in our life, but to like exclude all pain is basically to exclude all growth. Yeah. That's right? where the and growth happens. Life's right? going to, yeah, absolutely. And life's going to kick you in the balls one way or another. You're, you're going to lose somebody you care about one way or another. Yep. You're going to have loved ones die. It's, it's guaranteed. I'll promise it. Right. This is a natural part of life. So being able to deal with that, right? Like how do you prep yourself for that? And I think you just have to consistently put yourself in a vulnerable state where you're constantly uncomfortable, where you're constantly having to learn, grow, and adapt. But that's fucking tough. Bro, it never gets easier. I find no. myself like, you know, I I say I try not to procrastinate anything in life except a rest day. Like I pretty if I feel like, oh fuck, my body needs a rest day. I'll procrastinate one more day. And if I work out the next day and I'm like, I still need a fucking rest, then I'll take a rest day, right? Like I, I'm not, I am stupid, but I'm not insane. <laughs> well, I'm partially insane too. We could call it what we want. But like I'm, I'm at points, I'm at logical. But I'm also very real with myself. Like I know there's going to be a time when, you know, my father is no longer here, when my mother's no longer here. There's going to be a time my kids are going to go through something horrible in life. It's guaranteed, mm-hmm. yep. right? So I need to be strong enough to not only handle it, but to be able to help to push forward from it. So yeah. it's, it's a major reason that it's, you know, why do you train so hard? Like I've never done a bodybuilding show. I've never done a powerlifting. I've never competed in anything fitness. And I'd, I probably never will. It's, it's not why I train. You know, I train for fucking life mm-hmm. because I mean, what world do you live? I mean, sunshine and fucking rainbows. Yeah, Have man. you been out there? This fucking <laughs> world is a cruel. And people are like, how do you train so much? Why do you work out? So what world do you live in? Right. Because that one out there will eat you the fuck alive. If you can't take care of it. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. If you haven't been kicked in the balls yet by oh, life, call Brandon, fuck. spread them and he'll do the right. <laughs> That is a violent kick. It depends on what type of underwear you're wearing. I don't want to damage any yeah, of the- Yeah, no, uh, no, you got to be careful. The, uh, the sacks. The sacks. I yeah, don't want to yeah. damage any sacks. Those, I mean, it's an investment. If, if you're wearing a sponsored underwear, then you get a pass. You're free. Oh, you get a pass for the day. <laughs> for the day. For the day. Not forever, but yeah. for the day. Yeah. You, know, you, you must change them for the following day to receive your kick in the balls right but yeah. like I, I just yeah it, it, life is so fucking hard and it's going to guarantee to it's never going to get any easier how do you how do you deal with it you fucking deal with it and one of the ways i think is is not seeking comfort all the time i yeah. actually did a motivational monday on it today and i think one of the the, the quotes i used was like it's about sacrifice i mean you got to sacrifice time energy comfort all those things safety and and you say you know 
to be willing at any point to sacrifice what you currently are for what you could potentially become. Yeah. But that is a very scary and uncomfortable position to be with. Cause like you say, you're dealing with shit, whether that be, oh, I'm, I'm not strong at exercising. Well, who the fuck it is? Yeah. You, you got to start, right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm uncomfortable with the way they look. Well, let's make a fucking change at it. Yeah. Right? Well, it's the, it's the, and it's the fear that you can put in your head. It's like when we were talking about with being a small business owner, you can fail. Yeah. You can lose everything. You can do something wrong and you can get injured. It's just like, yeah, those things can happen. But, but if you don't ever do anything, then you're never going to get there. Right. You know? And so it's like, yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to start to somewhere. Yeah. Send it. Just I, start. I fucking bitched out over the weekend. I'm going to call myself out. Uh-oh. So I've been taking voice lessons because I've, like, I've always wanted to be able to sing. Okay. I can't sing, but I want to be able to sing. And there was this recital over the weekend that uh, the, my voice instructor was doing, and it was at the, uh, the old folks home over on the other side of town across, kind of across from the gym up on the hill there. I don't remember what it's called, uh, Oak Park or something. Oak like Park, that. Yeah. yeah. So she told me about it when we first started doing the lessons. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, sure. No, I'm not doing it. And she's like, oh, you, it'll be all right. Just, just give it a couple lessons, you'll be fine. And so a couple lessons, a couple lessons. And then next thing I know, I see it coming up on the calendar. And a buddy of mine, He's doing it too. He's taking voice lessons. And so him and I were out listening to some music last weekend. And he's like, he's like, I gotta, um, he's like, I gotta drink lots of water and I gotta get to bed early because I got that recital tomorrow. I'm like, fuck, that's right, it's a recital. And he's like, <laughs> You're doing it right. And I'm like, No. Oh. And he's like, he's like, Come on, you can do this. And I and I hadn't signed up for it, and she made all these cards and shit. And it's like, I'm sure if I would have asked her, I still could have done it, but I was just like, I, I couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. I was, I was scared. I was fucking scared. And, and, and it's like, it sucks to say that. It really does. I, I hate the fact that I have to say it, but it's true. I was afraid. You know, I was afraid of judgment. I was afraid of sucking. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of all these things. And so I went just because I wanted to be there to witness and support the people that were doing it because they were doing it and I wasn't. Well, fuck, if the least I could do is show up. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there and I, and I listened to these fucking like little kids singing their fucking heart out and and then they they would fuck up and then they'd start over you know and then this other little kid he's playing a piano solo and he fucks up and he starts over and when it's all said and done everybody's happy for him Mm -hmm. because they fucking showed up it's the man in the arena right you know i saw i fucking sat with that all night all night and it was just like god damn fucking don't bitch out you know and it's just like oh it sucks it sucks when when i don't rise to the occasion you know, and it's a motivation to do it next time, but it's just like, oh, it's man. A fear, it's a fear of failure, and it's a, it's a real thing, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I watch people deal with it every single day, and it's, it's um, <laughs> the hard part. I think they want, you know, the, the golden lining, and I try to explain, dude, it never gets easier. Mm-hmm. It, never, it never gets easier where you don't have that fear. You're just able to take the steps forward um, a little bit faster because you have the confidence. Like, look, I've been scared before. I went through with it. It wasn't as bad as I thought. You know, I went, I was scared before I went through it. It wasn't as bad as I thought. And I think just our, you, you got to understand you're going against your human physiology is telling you not to do it. So you are, you are trying to defeat a system that's built into your brain for, for fight or flight. Right. And that's, there's, it's really unique things that happen when your fight or flight kicks in, like similar your body's like, it's like a, like a submarine that gets hit with a torpedo and starts flooding. They start shutting down specific compartments, mm-hmm. right? So that they continue to go and get to the surface and yeah. survive. Your body does the same thing. So like your fingernails stop growing 
when you're in this, um, you know, cortisol based state where your stress hormones just through the roof and your body's just in this uh, adrenaline based fear flight uh, state, mm -hmm. your hair stops growing. Your metabolism actually completely shuts down. Your, your body will shut down all these unnatural or unneeded resources for a period of time and divert energy to basically get you to abort, to avert, mm -hmm. because it feels, when it feels fear, it thinks danger. Mm -hmm. Right, and to us, it's the danger you just mentioned it. Like, oh, like some, I'm going to be off key, or I'm going to screw it up, or I'm going to feel like an idiot. Your body doesn't know the difference between that and you know a rock falling on your head from a mountain that mm -hmm. you heard break loose. Yeah, it doesn't know the difference, so just it responds. Yeah, so it's 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 never it never gets easier. You just learn to control that that uh, dialogue that we use in our brain. Um, a little bit better and choose. I mean, the, it's not the absence of fear, it's action in, in place of it. So yeah. the fear never goes away. It's yeah. just taking the steps forward to do it. Yeah, you and know? You know, cognitively, I mean, we talk about this with the guys all the time and there's plenty of, plenty of times in my life where I've been scared as fuck and I still move forward. And it mm -hmm. was just like, I don't know what was so special about this, but it was like, God damn, you know, it's like, I need to really check my shit. I'm going to tell you a secret that I think only your podcast, your two podcast listeners <laughs> will, uh, will hear. This is a shock is, you know, when you do those, uh, those events where it's like, we're going to go around the room and say something that nobody knows about you. We did this for the trainers the other day. And like, it just, somebody said something random. Everybody just kind of looked at them. They're like, for real? Uh, Brandon Green was was in choir for over eight years straight oh, and classical piano lessons i was forced my mother my mother was a uh -huh. music instructor for 45 years and she was a choir director so both in church and in school it's an inner city school mind you i was in freaking choir that's awesome nice. i was that's one awesome. of the few, there were a lot of cute girls in choir well yeah i mean if there was i was like shit i should have done this a long time ago <laughs> this this was a, this was a good idea that was the only mm. motivation I ever had Quiet. when I was a child to step into church because I, I met some cute girl. Oh, that's that's right. a church? That's yeah. the place, man. <laughs> yeah. That's the place. I was at the, it met this girl at the swimming pool, and I was uh, visiting my mom over summer break and started talking to her, and she's like, I go to this church. I'm like, oh, fucking me too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I bet, dude, right now. <laughs> I was yeah. like, tell me when. Yeah, it was legit. That's, I met Doug Flutie that day. The, like the Doug Flutie? The Doug Flutie, wow. yeah. At church? Yeah, at church. Wow. I, I got cool a. I, I found. I got this football card when he played for the Chargers, and it was autographed, and it was Doug Flutie, and it was this fold-out chart card, and it had all of his favorite uh, hymns and shit on the inside of it. That's pretty cool. And so I like. <laughs> he was like a, a church celebrity. Oh yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. He hundred percent church That's celebrity. Cool. Yeah. So I brought it home to my friends, and they're like. The fuck is this lame ass shit? <laughs> just like yeah, they no, they mean? they lambasted me there because I was just like, you guys, you have never had an autograph card before, and I'm like it's a church card, bro. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Who collects prayer cards that's, nowadays? That's, that's not a that's not a football oh, card. Fuck, that's funny. No, yeah, but it was like, yeah, that was my my sole initial motivation to go to that church that day was like, <laughs> I met this cute girl and she was nice to me, and it's like, it's on. <laughs> like, oh man, anything I can do to talk to this girl for another two seconds. I'm going to do at this moment. You know, the motivation a man has to follow a woman yeah. is unbelievable. Well, yeah, you walk through a wall. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> or walk into one. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, all of it. All yeah, of it. Very poor decisions, bad decisions, great decisions. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. The course of women. Yeah, I grew up with five sisters, too. So it's oh, shit. holy shit. Older, yeah. younger, both. All. So here's what you want to This is, I can fucking turn a psychiatrist's head. Ready for this? <laughs> Okay, so I'm the oldest child of a family, I'm the middle child of a family, I'm the youngest child of a family, and I'm the only child of a family. Okay. 
How fucked up is that? You ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to break lay, it down. Lay, lay it on right, I'm going to break it down. So my mom had had two previous kids. She married my dad and um, he adopted those kids. And the story for 30 years, we can get into this too. This is entertaining. But uh, the story for 30 years was they had me. Um, I was about a year old and they got a divorce and they both remarried. Okay. That wasn't the truth. I'll get back to that. Uh, so I'm the oldest child of, or the youngest child of that family. Yep. But between my mom and my dad, I'm technically the only. Yep. Okay. They both remarried. My mom remarried into a family that I already had two older sisters and a brother. And then my dad had three more kids. Oh, no shit. So I'm the middle child, excuse me, one older sister, uh, one younger brother. So I'm the middle child of that family. Yep. My dad had three more kids. I'm the oldest child of all those guys. And then on my own, yeah, so I have every fucking child. Oh. This makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Actually, it does. It, I, I mean, it. there's just, yeah, yeah. no, I'm saying like me yeah. now. I yeah. make oh, a lot yeah. more sense <laughs> to you now, right? As fucked up as I am. I just say I'm the middle child surrounded by sisters. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we got you. We, we saw you coming, pal. You had the bedazzled jeans, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad. So, oh, fuck. Dude, so I had, I, I had done, um, I think it was my first national presentation. And my dad calls me one night and he's fucking toasted. And he's like, I just got to tell you how proud I am of you. And I'm like, dad, I get, it. I get a point in my life where I didn't take compliments well, especially from him. And he's like, no, 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 you don't get it. You were meant to be and this and that. And I'm like, dad, yeah, I get it. I love you, man. I, I really appreciate it. And he's like, no, you don't get it. You know, um, what do you say? You're not a mistake. And I'm like, yeah, I, fuck. I mean, I get it, dad. What the fuck? And he goes, no, you don't get it. Your mom and I weren't together. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes, your mom and I weren't together. We'd already been divorced for a year. We got together one night. I'm like, the fuck what are you telling fuck? me this now? You couldn't continue with the lie that we've had for 35 years? You know, and my mom and dad are in great spot. I mean, they support each other so much now. I mean, that family stuff. And I mean, they were in, they did for, oh God, I can't. And I, the first time I saw my parents together where they could actually like, have a civil, they spoke through step parents. And the first time I saw them uh, actually sit together and not like fucking try to kill each other, it was times that I was in court. I'd turn around and they'd I'd be like, holy fuck, they're sitting next to each other and not screaming. That scared me more than what I was getting ready to deal with. <laughs> like, fuck, this shit's fucked up, man. So yeah, I was, <laughs> so yeah, I am a very spread child between mm -hmm. oldest, young, I have siblings all the way from my youngest brother's, what, 26, 27 right now? My oldest brother's 54. Five, fifty-four. You're one of seven or one of eight. Yeah. What is it? Lucy, Dusty, Lori, Abby, Adam, Paige, Brooke, Hunter. Seven true siblings. So you're but eight but total. You're eight. eight with me. Yeah. So one. You're one of eight. One of eight. Damn. Wow. Damn. Yeah. yeah. You can so write I, a fucking. Book I can relate. I can relate a little bit. So when, um, when my mom and my biological father were together. They were together in high school. And uh, don't listen to this, mom. This is just a story that was told, and I don't know. Shit, you are not allowed to give this shit to my parents, bro. This podcast does not go to either. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, what, what, according to my father, this is what happened. He said that they were in high school together. He was from Texas, and he had moved to Idaho. And uh, his family owned some pawn shops and stuff. And so that's kind of what they did. And he met my mom in high school and they were, you know, pretty tight. And then he said, well, he heard maybe she was like messing around and his family was moving back to Texas. And so he's like, all right, fine, I'm out of here. And so she told him you can't leave because I'm pregnant. 
And he's like, fuck. Oh. Okay. So his family left. He stayed. She wasn't pregnant. Oh. So then he finds out and he's like, all right, I'm out. And she says, you can't leave. I'm pregnant. And he goes, not fool me once. Yeah. Right. She was. So he left and she had me. And so I was raised till I was, I mean, by her and my uncles and my grandmother. Um, then she met my adopted dad. And when she met him, um, my father in Texas, he, he didn't want me to live a life without a father. So he signed over rights to me to my adoptive dad with the caveat that I really wouldn't know that he existed. Mm. And so then I was supposed to be like the biological son of this guy. Yeah. And so being raised by him and his family, like I was never the same as them. Like biologically, emotionally, everything I knew, I was like, I was an outcast. I was completely different than everybody around me. I didn't understand them, you know, and I did everything I could to fit in and then everything I couldn't to, to not fit in because like it was so fucked up. And so then it was like, okay, um, then my mom remarries and she has two daughters and then I have a stepbrother through that. And then my dad in Texas has another son. And so I've got one, two, three brothers and three sisters. None of them are full blood, mm. not one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and I, I feel that. It's just like, where do, where do I stand? Yeah. It's like, holy shit. And so it's like, you, you never really fucking know. No. You know, and it's just like, Who's, who, who are you tight with? Who are you not tight with? Like, how do, they, how do they perceive you? How do you perceive them? It's like, how much time do you spend with them? Because I had step-siblings that I barely saw that I was super tight with, but I had siblings I was with all the time that I was like, we didn't get along. You know, it was just all this, this crazy back and forth. And so I've, I feel that. You just never feel at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because no matter where you are, it's like there's already a set family. Yep. And you're kind of that outcast like you said and i yeah i mean i felt like that my entire life it's, mm-hmm. it's and it wasn't any fault of my parents i mean there was a period of time and my dad was gone so then it mm-hmm. was i was just i stayed with my mom but even there you just never feel you know you never you never feel at home because yeah. it's like you don't like you said you don't know where you stand and that's a it's a hard feeling for a kid yeah and and it's you know i like that you said that it's not their fault because you know something we talk about the boys the boys girls club a lot and our teen guys is that is that everybody's given a set of tools yeah. you know and it's just like my parents were just doing the fucking best they had with, with what, what they, they had. got you know this is what Absolutely. i was taught and maybe and maybe they took it one notch better than what they were given right you know and so it's just like for a while when i was a young man it's like i i would ride that fucking train of of like my fucked up family mm-hmm. i would be like god damn the reason i'm fucked up is because my family was so fucked up and i didn't have a chance yeah. you know and you sit it was easy it was easy mm-hmm. to sit in that and so then i could tell somebody how fucking crazy my life was or whatever that happened when i was a kid and it's like i mean i wasn't abused or anything like that and so it's like i didn't suffer in that way but it was it was a, it was an easy out yeah it was an easy way for people to not hold me to a certain standard yeah you know and so it was just like uh um it uh I'm I'm grateful for my fucked up life. Absolutely. I am I'm I'm so glad that I had the upbringing I did and I am I am very close with all of my family now. And and I I think I had to let go 
of all the fucking stories I told myself when I was a kid yeah. so I could accept the fact that they did love me. Mm-hmm. They just loved me in a way that I didn't understand, right. you know? And then, so it was like, you know, it takes the maturity of a man and a father to realize it's like, yeah, love looks like a lot of different things, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like, it's a, uh, I'm gratitude. I have a lot of gratitude for the suffering I went through because I don't think I would feel the same way I do now. I wouldn't be doing the same things I do now with this man here, with these guys mm-hmm. at the club and the, and, and to be able to show up the way I do if I didn't have that. No, it shapes you. And it, yeah. it gives you something that's, I mean, it's so much. One of the questions I get consistently is, you know, how do you, how do, you do what you do? And I was like, God, it's so much bigger than me, though. That's, that's the thing. It's like once you have it and you realize that what you're doing, what you're trying to contribute to is so much bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. it gives you that fuel. And, and a lot of times, where does that come from? Well, it comes from some of the past experiences you've had. You know, maybe you can be that champion for somebody that, that truly needs it or that voice that doesn't allow them to, you know, play victim status, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're able to do that. Some of the kids that I, I speak to in the, in the area that I, I try to help out with that have gone through some, some struggles. One of the big things I'm always like, dude, I'm just, I'm fucking real with you because I can be, because mm-hmm. I've been you, you know, I'm not going to sit here like, oh, you can make your life a lot better. And Let's talk about all the things that went wrong for you. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that, especially in like in psychology. I truly believe that psychology is a great way for people to get mental help, but that's not my role. I'm not a psychologist, you know, and I'll just, I'm, I'm not saying I'll call you out, but I can be very direct with you. And it's almost like talking to a younger me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I know you and it's like, I've had kids mouth off to me in front of other people. And like, I mean, I've been giving a presentation before and I had a kid kind of mouth off on me. Mm-hmm. Like in the middle of a presentation, and I just shut the presentation down and just had to come to Jesus moment with that kid right at that moment. My bro, like, I know you. I know why you're doing this. I know why you're trying to stand out in front of everybody. Like, it's okay. Just sit down. We can have a conversation later. But I don't, I don't need you to project whatever it is that you're going through right now to try to get some kind of feels from here because you're not getting it elsewhere. Like, I just, I hit this kid. I don't even remember what I was saying. It was something along those lines and he just kind of sat back down. And I went to him after. I was like, okay, dude, I wasn't. Uppercut, man. I, and I was just like, and, yeah, and I was, I even went to him after. I was like, dude, I, I wasn't calling you out, but like, I'm going to say to you what I should have said to, I wish somebody would have said to me, but Fucking right there, years. right Absolutely. there. And I said, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm literally, I'm trying to help you. And when you're ready for that help, give me a call. Here's yeah. my phone number. That's legit. Right? Like, I, I, yeah. I, I get it. So, like, I don't take it personally. I don't care. You know, like, like people not liking me. Well, like, that, and that's okay. why you can do that because, because you are honest about it. You're not doing it to showboat. You're not doing it to put somebody in their place. You're no. doing it because you fucking care. Because right. like, you I get do it. Care. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker here, Mr. Kyle Crosby, you know how many times I watch you put these fucking teen boys in fucking place and we're sitting there and then God, couldn't do that all someone's, day long. someone's <laughs> dropping some bullshit and you're just looking, you're like, don't you fucking lie to me. <laughs> Oh. Fucking give me no bullshit. And it's like, you are late. Why? And they're like, well, I was late because this, he's like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit button. Yeah. But that's, that's with league. We have a lot more freedom with, which with league, which is really nice. than like you get in the ropes with the teen center of like, you have to be semi within the rules of the boys and girls club. Yep. And you have to follow things. You can't be as real and explicit. Like league, we kind of set that parameter from the get go. Like, yep, you can be explicit, and we're going to be straight with you too. Like, there's no sugar coating shit. Yep. Like, we'll call you out on your bullshit, and we're going to hold you accountable. That's where you're going to grow, and that's how you're going to benefit from this club. Yeah. And I was just thinking, man, I wish I had a fucked up childhood to explain how <laughs> fucked up I was. <laughs> you know where? Honestly, you know where one of my favorite places to speak is is in prisons and yeah. juvie detention centers. Cause I'm just like, I come in and I fucking all I, all I, like I started like, okay, I want to make an impact in these people's lives. Then I realized 
It's not what I want to do. I want to go in and fucking overcome every objection that they give themselves why they can't make themselves better. Yeah. That's what I said they're doing. I just fucking shoot them out of the sky. Mm. You've been through this? Boom. I have two. Fuck that. You think you're done? Boom. I'm probably stupider. You know? <laughs> you think, oh, boom. I got learning disabled. You yeah. know, I was yeah. educated mentally, whatever. Just I got extra time on tests and couldn't focus on anything and barely made a seat through high school. Like, you know, okay. You know, no way. Boom. I was broke too. Like, I love just overcoming yeah. every reason. Well, and I love it, that. I love that age group that that teenager, right? They're like, they're able to learn, but they're still think they're smart enough to oh give you the bullshit. <laughs> That's my most frustrating the, group. Like, I don't know how you do it. Oh, I love it. Like, oh, look, when I coached, fuck. when I was coaching hockey, I was coaching Bantams, which is right before <sighs> high school. So you're talking 12, 13, maybe middle some 14 schools. year olds. Yeah. Like late middle school, right? Seventh and eighth grade. And it's because they're right at that prime opportunity to actually hear what you're fucking saying and learn from it. Mm. Yeah. Like right now I'm learn I'm doing learn to skate with a bunch of four and five year olds. Mm. It's like, okay, bend your knees. And they just look at me and then they keep doing what they were fucking doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah. When we talk about teenage guys, like, yeah, they're going to give you the bullshit and then you're like, yep. eh, yeah, no, no that's, that's fucking bullshit. Well, like, yeah. And they, and you can call them out on it well, that's and the they thing. can respect you for it. Yeah. You know, it's you and I, Kyle, um, we've talked about this so many times that so these young men in this group the group you spoke to today mm-hmm. um they've they've suffered they've all suffered they're they're in this group and they're receptive to the men, to the to the motivation to the process to the to the offerings that we give them every week because they've suffered because they know and so when you say one of your favorite places to go and speak is to go to a prison you know we had an opportunity to go speak at a high school, at Baraboo High School. Logan and I did this fucking bit on communication. And they asked us what you guys, you know, uh, the school said they did this breakout session. And uh, I was like, man, like these are the fucking kids that really need to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, because they do have, not all of them, but like, like they're, they're staying away from the pain. They're, they're following the comfort. Mom and dad are both home. Every, the house is like two blocks from school. They've got their friends. They've got their car. They've got all the things that, that they think that they want, you know, but they've never been exposed to the pain the way these kids in this group have been exposed to that we're aware of. And so it's like, how do we, how do we get that message to these, to these young people that, because my fear is that when we talk to these, these young men in, in league, when something hits them in the face when they're 18 years old and they get knocked on their ass, they're like, fuck, I've been here before. It's all right. I you know? know? Yeah. yeah. But if, if they've never been there, the first time you get knocked on your ass and you don't get knocked on your ass until you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old and you're out of, you're out of the house, and that's fucking hard to recover from. That's really fucking scary. You know? And how many... How, how well do you recover from that if you've never had to, to deal with it before? That was a fear for my kids when they were growing up. It's like my son, Bailey, he was so fucking smart going through school. Everything was easy for him, everything. Mm-hmm. And his teachers were just like, well, he's got A's, it's great, it's fine. I'm like, no, fucking challenge him. Make him work harder than everybody else because if you don't, the day's going to come when someone does and it's going to fuck him up. Yeah, right. You know, and that's, that's the worry I have for the generation that, that doesn't get challenged. Here's the exciting thing, though. It's like your guys' group, the, that age group especially, moving forward, it is going to be easier than ever to be successful around that age group as they develop into their 20s and 30s. 
because of that exact reason. So the ones that have suffered, the ones that have gone through, if you can even just find a shred of motivation and have a little grit and have a little resiliency in yourself, you are going to be separated from mm-hmm. 90% of the majority. Yep. So it coming up, it's going to be even easier to be successful because like you said, where everybody chases comfort, nobody's either dealt with or truly gone through anything that has grown them. And if they, if they have gone through it, they haven't dealt with it. Right. Where were your guys? I mean, they're dealing, right. They're talking, they are, they're discussing, yeah, yeah. They're, but they're actively dealing with stuff individually. I mean, we had just in today, you had one who's got living with a single mom and he's on a special program cause he's not on track to graduate. You've got one whose dad just went to jail and he's living in a motel. You've got one who has both parents, but, um, he has some health issues. You know what I mean? So they, they've all, even just the three guys, and we were really short on guys today, but they've all got their own shit. The guys that we were missing, you've got some, some mental health issues and some, some suicidal thoughts. You've got the racial stuff with a couple other guys. I mean, it's a, it's a diverse group that have all gone through their own shit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, yes, they need to go through shit, but it, I think with our guys in that specific circumstance, they are going through that shit. And I think that's part of the reason they're part of the group. Yeah, I think so too. I think huge. Yeah. That group is, is huge. I don't even think you guys truly fully like as an outsider coming in, I can't tell you the impact that that's having. on. Well, you know, I was, I was thinking about this when you're talking about getting the email from your team and kind of everyone's like, yeah, okay. That, and I forgot you had mentioned something. It's like everyone's getting desensitized to the good things. Yeah. Then I was thinking about the gala. It's like, okay, at the Boys and Girls Club, we preach it to the moon all year long. So it's like, it's nothing special. Mm-hmm. You can hear the same story 15 times, but does it have the same impact? No, you've been desensitized to it because you, it's going to happen regardless if you donate or you give your time or not, because right. we have people who actually do care like you two gentlemen. And so I don't know what it would take to, to do you need to have a kid have a breakdown on stage of a gala to see our staff interact, to realize the impact that it has? Do you need to have somebody who has a heart attack at the gym and then comes back for the next year and loses 70 pounds? That fucking happened. I mean, that's a real thing. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> it fucking really happened. It was great. Med flight and all. It was fucking great. But you know what I mean? Like, that's impactful. Yeah. And so a, an email is amazing, but if you are desensitized to it because you're just in it every day and you hear it constantly, like, it just doesn't have the same impact as it should. And, and, and legitimately, it should. And yeah. I think that happens. Probably in league as well. But I, I just, I can't downplay how important what you guys do. It, like, and because you're in it all the time, like that statement that that young man made, like it fucking gave me chill. Like, who do, who do you have? And he's like, I have you two. And I really respect, how many, how was that kid, 17? No. No, he's 15. 15? 15. To have a 15-year-old talk about who he really looks up to as a mentor and respect and who he would go to. I mean, 15-year-olds don't fucking talk like that. Mm-hmm. So to have it to where he says, you two, you guys are the ones I fucking respect. Like that's fucking earth shadowing, spreading the fucking clouds. That's huge. But you guys see it all the time. So like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a silver lining to that too. Like it's, you just, you, you can never lose, you can never lose face of that. Like the impact that it actually has. Because if I asked you guys, okay, you're going to have 10 kids in your group, right? But only one of them is really going to truly have an impact in life that later could cause them 
they, I mean, you never, one of those kids could fucking cure cancer. Mm -hmm. You just, you don't know, right? Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you only one of them is actually gonna move on and make something great of their life. Are you still gonna do it? Fuck yeah, every day. Of course, because you do it for one, right? Yeah. Right. So like that's, you just can't lose sight of that because yeah, yeah you, you, Brandon Green, you can't fucking save everybody. I, <laughs> I wanted to save the fucking world, man. Yeah. I did. And, and you just, you, you have to consolidate what you do and just hang on to the ones that really do, you do true have an impact in because it's not just them. Like this is what I mean when I say like attacking generationally, because if you guys make an impact in that young man, who's his parent, his dad's in, in prison right now, because I'd be willing to bet if you go back, there's probably uncles, brothers, cousins, and maybe fathers and grandfathers mm -hmm. that are also in prison. What happens if you break that generational oh, exactly. curse? What happens if you're the fucking one that gets through to him that says, I'm not going to do, I, I won't live like this. I saw what it did to my father and to my cousins and to my brother. And what if you guys were the positive voice that maybe he doesn't hear right now, but when he turns 19, it fucking clicks. And you were able to be the one that fucking broke that generational curse. I mean, what's that worth to you? That's what keeps me up at night. Yeah, man. man. Yeah. That's where it's like, fuck, I'm not doing enough. Not, I'm never doing enough. I'm never doing enough. I'm never doing enough. And so like, I'm with my staff when I say, it's okay to like, see this as the main, because you want more but living very present in the moment to realize that what you're doing, you'll never truly understand the impact that it has later because yes. it's a fucking waterfall effect. What's, what's that, that, that phrase, the, the wise man knows that he may never sit in the shade of the tree that he plants. There it is. But I mean, I like that. Kyle yeah. didn't know that one. I, didn't know <laughs> yeah. that. No, I was thinking he was going to say, Bitch. what's the phrase I told him after group? I was saying the smart ass in me was going to say after the Mount Everest thing. Yeah. You've seen the, the sign that says, Everyone who died on Mount Everest was once a highly motivated individual. Calm I like the, calm the, calm fuck, the fuck down. down. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's not where I was going. <laughs> I know you were going reels. Hey, we need to lighten this up before we end. Okay, we got real reels. You need to help mm. one more person, Brandon. And that's me. Okay. I work out at night. Okay. Like a nine o'clock, right? All right. And I get home, and I got some energy. Okay. We'll say. All right. But I got a tired wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Does she listen to this podcast? Am I going to preach to her? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, she listens. How do I deal with that energy, man? How do you deal with that energy? Am I not working out enough? I was just going to say, <laughs> if if you finish that workout and you're super motivated, you didn't do the right, <laughs> right workout. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? You gotta, I've been working out wrong. <laughs> it's all working out wrong. Or Wait. go home, you know, and work out in the shower. Like, I don't, I don't really <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, you're a healthy young man. I was going to I wanted to know, is this a common issue that people have? Absolutely. I learned. I learned about that when I was like 11, man. It's just like, I know how to take care of that energy. Yeah, right, that was the wrong question. The question was, is this a common issue? Your <laughs> water bill goes through the goddamn roof and your suntar's taking 30 minute showers. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I used to have to get you to take a shower once a week. Now yeah. you're going fucking nightly. We need um, a, we need a tankless water heater and definitely hot water. <laughs> yeah. Lots. Um, yeah. I mean, for real, like chemically what's going on. I mean, this is, this is one of the very, very healthy benefits of exercise. Your testosterone level is going through the fucking roof, right? Yeah. Your estrogen level is starting to you're drop. You're doing it to yourself. Your cortisol. This is, a, this is a very positive thing, but you reach typically, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you wanted me to get all sciencey here, but <laughs> get sciencey. I want to hear this shit. After about 55 minutes, what, what's typically happening is when you see your heavy strength trainers, so a question I get consistently is overtraining a real thing. Yes, it depends on the goal. And I believe for tactical athletes, it's not because at two in the morning, you may need to perform and that's just how it works. Right. But for the majority of people, weight loss and wellness and um, strength training, especially power training and elite athletes, overtraining is a very real thing. We know from studied tables that typically after about 55, depending on the person, 55 to 65 minutes, the range is not very varied for anybody, a healthy individual. 
you reach this peak with your testosterone level and an absolute drop in your estrogen level. So as a man, the blood is flowing, brother. This is a good thing. No pharmaceuticals See, right. needed. You got me? Okay. So, so how, how we're you, needed before. How did yeah. you feel after the workout we did the other night? Were you tired? Were you too tired? Or were you feeling like really jacked up and ready to go? Okay, getting back to my truck, I felt like I wanted to puke. <laughs> yes. And then I got home. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See? I That's had a little legit. shake and I'm like, what time is it right now? <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a, a healthy conversation with your wife. I'll start there. Um, you know, she can reap the benefits of it too. That's yeah, all I'm see? saying. Yeah. Um, mutual benefits. Mutual benefits. Yeah, right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, keeping your workouts around 65 minutes. And honestly, if you... If you finish with some steady state cardio, what happens is your your testosterone is going to dramatically drop, which is not. A, I mean, it's good, but yeah. it like it kind of like chills you out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, we did hit instead. Well, we finished with hit. How about you start fucking working out at like five in the morning and go home when your wife wakes up in the morning? And be like, hey, this is going on. I got an alarm clock oh, for you. Oh shit, you know? man! Hey, there's I mean, a get up early. I mean, there's a we very get up early in my house and very simple suggestion. Our boys are getting up already at that time. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's the worst. Kids, Fuck, fucking kids. That's the worst. Yeah. That door pop open. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, fuck. like my wife and boys are usually out of the house around six. Damn. That's yeah. Really okay. Good no, the fucking go to. You got to lock the door. You got to turn the fan on. You got to put some music on. Whatever you got to do. Seven minutes. Yeah. I don't need like I'm saying. Start to finish. Round about Rest seven. Out the door. I mean, that's I'm fucking around. I got time to dude. When you got little kids, ready, yeah. fuck man, you can crank it. What's you know, the, is, the, is the chicken nuggets how long until they're done? Yeah. Nine minutes, we're good. Find the laundry room. Like as as as, as fucking humanly. Wait, wait. They're outside. They're in the fucking sprinkler. Yep. Let's go. Shit, go. Real Boys, fast. You go play in the basement. Yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah. It's Be like, right back. No, this what? is a good. I mean, honestly, it's a very very good thing for you. Right? Yeah, there you go. It's, Boom. This is a very hear that Sam. Very good thing. Healthy, damn healthy thing. thing for you. She's and like, the, you're not working out anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. Your eight. gym membership <laughs> is canceled. Yeah. Turn. Isn't your renewal up? Off. Yeah, never. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, sorry. You can have a treadmill. Basement. Why are the, my valve stems missing from my tires? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Six weeks later, you see a valve stem tool on your Amazon account. What <laughs> the fuck is going on? Why is, why is this happening? <laughs> what? Go sit in the she sauna. Fucking, you ever seen those? Like, my, uh, my cousin used to work at a tire shop, and it's a valve stem tool. You can unscrew the valve stem mm -hmm. on from the inside of the valve stem. It's like the little the little puncture thing in there that okay. you know, holds the air. Push. Yeah, so you can unscrew that and let the air out of people's tires. Without without damaging the tires, you're yeah. not popping a hole you're in the tire. Slicing it, yeah. Okay. So, so you can just take that tool. She's gonna let the air out of your tires, so you oh, can't go I to the fucking you. gym. Come on, catch up, bro. I'm so Dude, behind. Your your brain nice, was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, what the fuck nice are you talking own, about? Six minutes in the closet. You're, let's go. You said Amazon. I was like, "What Tenga?" <laughs> Kyle's a nice person. He fucking didn't do that Tenga. to people. He's, he's just that's not right. No, his wife was doing it. So oh he no! one followed your fucking story. Fine, fuck. I suck. Okay, oh that's all God. good. You know, I'll I'll take Shit. the I'll take the L on that one. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's all good, man. <laughs> Fuck. All right, brothers. Yeah. Well, hey, it's been ninety minutes. That's our time. Nice. Damn. Yeah, Mr. Thank Green. You. Thank you, dude, for coming. Absolutely, yeah. anytime, guys. Dude, anytime. thank you so Look much. Look forward you to uh, coming. We can't even fucking talk either. Look forward to seeing you in league again. Yeah. Because you know we're gonna make that happen too. I'll pop in. Man. Uh, I FYI, I think does Tanil do your schedule? Uh, she can, she Perfect. manages it. So like, if you really want it in there, it's the best way. If you, I just said, Hey, I need to, I mean, we set 90 seconds. We had a couple yeah. booked, man. It's yeah. if I can get them booked out a little bit in advance, yeah. I can move shit around. I like yeah. it. You know, 
Yeah, it's, I've been I, cutting commitments in my life. Be honest. I know. You so it's like I, I've been I've been trying to restructure because like stuff like this is important. Cutting you know? commitments and then adding commitments like no 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 cutting commitments and then just going harder in the things <laughs> that I'm currently doing. Yeah. Right? Like just well, go these bigger. are two the, a podcast and a mentorship for league are two new commitments. This so. is two <laughs> two new commitments. I mean they're we're, they're setting fires over there tonight. It was live fire and I said you guys got not there they're over at our, our burn prop. Come on. But I said uh, I said <laughs> you guys like got it really it. good. Yeah. You guys said I've been I've been wanting to get on these guys and it's always on Monday night. So I'm just going, you guys figure it out. I'll go pop over well, there. We could reschedule yeah. too. But nah. Appreciate you. We're good, yeah. man. I, yeah. I, I do want to finish one, one more thing. We talked about league. We talked about maybe you coming back. So every year in May for the camp out, anybody who sits in as a mentor is, is invited to come to the camp out. Whether you come for two hours or you come for the overnight or however you want to show up. Um, if you can and are interested and are, like have the time and can make the space, it would be phenomenal to have you come and sit camp out and then, you know, we can do some fucking, you know, some skills training, whatever we want, we want to do to make it awesome, you know, and out there in the woods, it's a whole different environment. Okay. And I would, I would love to see your energy out there with May? these young men. It's always like a middle, middle May. Yeah. It's the second or third. If I, time. if I am in town, I'm down. Okay. And I, Even I've got a couple some, hours, man. Yeah. You could do some Where awesome stuff out there. Spring green. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I've got some really cool team building activities that I do with like their, their games, their fitness games, but they're yeah. like fitness games that we, they build camaraderie and they make you, yeah. you know, critically think, but you're, you're working out. You don't even realize you're working out cause it's a fucking game. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so I, uh, like even like firefighters used to do tactical dodge, dodgeball. It's fucking dodgeball. We're just moving fast. Right. Yeah. But I got games that we I've done with kids before that are just a fucking blast. So I, if awesome. I'm in town, I'm down. Yes. I'm down to go. I'm down to clown. I like it. Well, we won't have puker on, on, in the, at the camp out this year. No, so. we won't. That's I, I'm, I'm honestly disappointed. I was hoping I mean, it's been be like there. three years in a row. Oh, oh, the first year was in my wife's car <laughs> driving oh, back to good. the camp. He, he opened the door. Yeah. Okay, good. He that, like, he like crushed like eight Mountain Dews. And then Jesus. he, then, then, so we have a dinner on the way to the camp out. So the pre, pre camp out dinner is always Culver's. Okay. And we tell them they can order whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So he got like a double butter burger deluxe with cheese curds and, a, and like a large fucking strawberry shake. And then he had some, <laughs> some like, what's the thing from the office? Fucking coconut dick fucking energy drink or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was, he went, he went hard His in the pink. His puke was pink, man. How old was this kid? He was, 16 at 16, the first time my kind of kid yeah then the like second year so that was uh, that was just in the car ride like once we got into the property we have to drive back to the cabin like in the car ride there he had to yeah. open the door second year same thing and they were trying to start a fire and every time they couldn't start the fire they had to run a lap around the cabin so he ran like one lap around the cabin <laughs> And he was fucking. Was he just disappeared. He disappeared. He was, he was puking <laughs> and ice dumping water on his head. And he's in a garbage can. And then last year, we were hiking up this hill. <laughs> he made it to the top. Oh I think God. before he puked, uh, but it was rough. He 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 puked like twelve times last <laughs> last year. Like like he got to the top of the hill and he's just like leaning on. I look back and he's just like this on the tree. He's oh, like, oh uh. no! And so everybody's like looking around and so I'm back there. I'm like kind of talking to him and stuff. And he's like, he go, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then he'd be like, I'm going to be, <laughs> so he gets done there. We walk 50 yards and he's like, okay, give me a second. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're like laying in a fucking cornfield and he's just like leaning on his elbow, like just dry heaving. And I'm like, shit, bro. You got any sympathy pukers that see it and start, they start no, puking. No, 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 we're, no, we're, everybody's we're good. good. So. No, everybody else was like, can we go? Can we, <laughs> uh, we're ready to like, go. We're 
Where is he? Oh, he's back there. Yeah. Puking again. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was rough. You know what, though? He takes it like a champ. He did, man. He stayed yeah. the whole weekend. He does. He just like, he fucking yaks it up and he's like, all right, let's go. I think, and I know we just said we were going to wrap up. I think there's only been one weekend in recent history, like in the last four years, where the group's like, fuck this, we quit, we'll take us <laughs> home. Yeah, there, yeah that, was a, that was a night. That was, I will say, though, that was probably one of the most pivotal moments we've had agreed over a weekend so we do a, a midnight scavenger hunt okay so the day before ike and i go through the woods we plant a bunch of shit with like some snow stick reflectors mm -hmm. and then at midnight they get one flashlight one laminated map the whole group the whole group okay and a clue as to where the fuck this marker is and go it is on, and go it's on 80 acres oh, shit. in yeah. the dark oh yeah they've never and it's always rained it's always fucking yeah, down always down every fucking day every it's fucking part of the process yeah it's, yeah. A, it's and then there's a clue a when little. they find the thing there's another clue that they have to answer that riddle to get the next clue to the next marker so they got to walk wherever the fuck it is and walk back to us at the campfire answer the riddle to get the clue to walk the fucking way to the other side of the I love this. each We're one fucking with kids for an entire yeah. weekend great it's, it's gotten great. later and later i think the last three times it's been like 4 a.m 6 15 a.m 6, 6 oh, yeah. a.m we've got photos of them coming back from their last clue and it's fucking bright out it's oh, the morning yeah, yeah it is definite morning yeah it's it's uh, uh it's we, challenging we set it up and we stay up the whole time oh yeah we're there the whole time we got walkies where we know where they are sure um but we're sitting there and it's like we're like okay so how far away do we want to make these so we give them like one of them that we think is a gimme and it's like within 20 minute walk over to find it and then we, we set one up that's like 45 minutes to get to it and it's always like the 45 minute one they go down, pick it up, come back, and solve it. The 20-minute one, they're gone for like three Four fucking hours. hours. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, where the fuck? Come yeah. on, you guys. Yeah. But anyways, a couple of years ago, it was a smaller group of guys. It was three or four. Four. And uh, they come back, and it was the last thing, and Ike asked them to bring back something, something that's less than a foot and more than a pound or something like that. Yeah. And he goes, he's like, what's up? And then as soon as they got back, I forgot what the comment was, they fucking snapped. And one of them's, <laughs> fucking screaming at us the other one's crying one of them's call my yep call my mom i want her to pick me up fucking now and this is like 3 30 a.m oh no it was later yeah. than that. Was it had, a, to, it had it was at least close four. to 4 4 30 yeah and they go in there and they're fuming dude and uh i can like okay let's give them a fucking minute we give them a minute there's fucking fuming in this cabin we walk in and i forgot what you said and one of I tried to turn it into a lesson mm -hmm. and one kid's like, I told you fuckers, he would turn this into a fucking lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I just been there, done that. I just told him, I said, listen, I said, you guys went out there. You got fucked up in the woods. You're all scraped up. You're hot. You're fucking tired. You're ready to quit. And you guys still made it back. I said, and you made it back together. I said, who else in this fucking world tonight can say they did that? Only you. And they're just like, fuck you. I, fuck you. I, I, don't I, I knew this you were going to turn this. Take shit. your motivation and shove it up your fucking ass. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So, but on a positive note, after like 20 minutes of them fuming in the cabin, one of them came out and sat by the campfire with us. Yep. Then yeah. another one. You guys yeah. are really selling me on comedy. And then another one. Is, yeah. It was legit. Well, and then when they came out, they had stories to tell. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's fucking stories they can't and, get. Oh, yeah. They survived experience. like fucking bear attacks. Yeah. They saw <laughs> eyes in the woods, dude. Oh, fuck. <laughs> everything. So, everything. what happened was they saw deer eyes. Oh, that in was the woods. Legit. Thought it was a bear. And they took off. They ran. <laughs> and then they left the trail 
and ended up going through a bunch of fucking briars. And then this little ledge, they fell, one of them fell off the ledge. We're talking like like two feet, not yeah, like not a, a huge ledge. Yeah. They called it a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> By the time they get home to their friends, it was a fucking mountain. Yeah, hundred foot free fall. When, when they came By down, far. when they came down, like. He fell off a fucking cliff and he's ripped up and is shredded in his skin and we couldn't find him for like 20 minutes oh, and he's crying and his, in the dark. And his bear was chasing us. <laughs> Jesus Yeah, Christ. man, it was fucking legit. Totally yeah. experience. So, yeah, man. man. I'm down. If I'm in town, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, all right. Good deal. It. All right, man. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so time, much. Thanks, Thanks for so having much, me, man. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. having me. Thanks for listening Shit. to our three listeners. Four now. Four, Four listeners. Yeah, we got, yeah, I got, we got you another we one got the, We got a new listener. One I, should, I need to tell yeah. her the name. What's the name of the podcast? It's called Kyle and Ike, The Conversation. Kyle and Ike, The Conversation. She said she's a podcast junkie, so oh, well, this, is, this is wonderful. Okay. Maybe she already listens. And you don't she, even know no, she does not. She was very, because she knew who you were. And when I told her, she's like, oh, shit, what's the name of it? I said, I don't fucking know. Go ask him. <laughs> <laughs> fucking there. No. She looked right, at me like yeah. I was fucking weird. Oh, my God, you don't know the name? Sorry. Oh, yeah, I like catch it. up. Stay yeah. tuned because I'm sure some point there's going to be a Pulse Fitness podcast. Yeah, I mean we've we've got we've got the uh, the structure behind it. There's just we we have a large amount of information that we want to get out that we really feel will help people. You know the you know, studio with four microphones. I see that. I see that. So we might have to get down. We're thinking early. We're like you know start simple once a month. Yeah. And just like each topic like is going to be like weight loss, the real, like, let's just mm -hmm. be fucking real because I, I sit with so many people that like, there's so many fitness myths and health myths that are out there that it's fucking half my time is just destroying some of the myths that are out there mm -hmm. along mm -hmm. with what it means to be well, what it means to be healthy, you know, where, what, what should you do based around, and everybody's kind of an individual battle, but I think there's a lot of things that are pushed out into our culture that are just absolutely false. There's, I'm fucking call it out. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are marketing scheme, a lot of more predatory sales, especially geared towards females. So we're going to fucking slash some of that shit. And just get good information out to people. I don't care if you come to the gym or not. I care that you're taking something from it. So yeah. we're talking like a half an hour to an hour conversation each month. We just have so much information that we want to get out there. And sometimes it's hard on social media and stuff. That's why I do my 60-second motivational Mondays just mm -hmm. to gives people some positive instead of the fucking negative that's out there. But this would be like content-based. Like, yeah. And me fucking around and, you know, yeah. being well, myself. So. That's what you got. To, oh, that makes good for a good episode and four yeah. listeners. I think so. so. I, think, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, maybe we pick up two of those listeners. Yeah. Stay tuned. Now we're everyone. sharing. Yeah. Keep I love, it, for I love if you, it. If you haven't followed Pulse Fitness, at least on Facebook, follow it. And then, I don't know, join their gym and see me at nine o'clock. Get swole. <laughs> get swole. Get swole. Get swole. <laughs> then go use a sauna. That's, that's, right. that's what everybody oh, yeah. loves infrared saunas. Oh, the infrared saunas are fucking legit. You had to use it. God. No, I suck. God, what damn. matter with Dude, you? Dude, I sat in there I'd for, leave and I'm excited, man. Hour. I got Bluetooth oh, yeah. your own fucking podcast and listen to yourself while you're in there. It's Bluetooth speakers. Hey, he already said he can barely contain himself in his sack That's when he so walks true. out. <laughs> Don't go in the sauna. Do not, not go, go in, in the sauna. sauna. That is not okay. Stay the fuck <laughs> out of there. Jesus. All right, we uh, love everybody. Uh, uh, much love. Thanks right. for tuning in. Peace, right. everybody. Bye-bye.